something. Can I have your attention for a second? I want to tell you about a fellow named Dave and the fact I have been buying my cigars from him since 1985 when they first opened up. Two Guys Smoke Shop. Now, Two Guys Smoke Shop have three convenient locations right over the Massachusetts border in tax-free New Hampshire. Now, here's something I bet you didn't know. Two Guys Smoke Shop is America's largest cigar shop and has the largest inventory of cigars anywhere. Wait till you see this place. You're not going to believe it, all right? Now, if you like cigars, you can't find a better place to buy them than at Two Guys Smoke Shop. They're in Salem, New Hampshire, Seabrook, New Hampshire, and their new location in tax-free Nashua, New Hampshire. It is worth the ride. You can call 888-2-CIGAR-2. That's 888-2-CIGAR-2 or on the web at twoguyssmokeshop.com. The best place to buy cigars anywhere is Two Guys Smoke Shop. It's Stogie Heaven. This is Rocky Patel. This is Alma the Song. Eric Newman. Eric Hansen. This is Ernesto Perez Carrillo. Hi, this is Glenn Cage. Nick Perdomo. Nicholas Perdomo Jr. This is Jerry from Ben and Jerry's. This is Jim Young from Davidoff of Geneva. This ah! is the Cigar Authority. Ah! The Authority. Are you saying pal? On everything cigar. Ah! In. I get it. And out of the cigar industry. I know what it entails, and I'm ready to nail it. With your host. You know, you're, you're funny. David Garofalo. I'm funny how? Like I'm a clown, I amuse you. What the f*** is so funny about me? Tell me. Mr. Jonathan. Damn it, who typed a question mark on the teleprompter? For the last time, anything you put on that prompter, Burgundy will read. Barry Stump. Son of a bitty bitch. Son of a bitty bitch. Son of a bitty bitch. Gun. <laughs> you thought I was going to say this. Son of a bitch, didn't you? <laughs> and Chuck Morrison. I am 35 years old, and I live in a van down by the river. It's time to light them up. It's time for the Cigar Authority. November 1st, 2014, broadcasting live from Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire. Today, Mr. Jonathan is away, and the Cigar Authority will play. Barry is going to take the wheels and interview the most interesting... Actually, the most uninteresting man in the cigar business. We have a couple of new cigars to fire up. We got slammed with emails from last week's conspiracy episode, and we have uh, an email to answer on that. Old Fart Freddy, Gentleman Chuck Morris, and a lot more. Welcome, everybody, to The Cigar Authority. You're listening to The Cigar Authority, the only radio show in the U.S. and perhaps the world that is broadcast live on location this week from the Mr. Jonathan Free Zone in Salem, New Hampshire. We are the only show that doesn't just allow you smoking. We insist on it. And we ask you to light up along with us. Tune into the CigarAuthority.com and watch us live or catch the podcast on demand. Simply find us on YouTube and iTunes and Podbead where you can set it and forget it. There we go. And uh, so Mr. Jonathan is not here uh, plenty of room for activities here, huh? Yeah, you know, a little elbow <laughs> room. I feel like we're sitting in first-class seats it's this it's week. first-class. Absolutely is. Uh, Mr. Jonathan's doing something. I have no idea what he's even doing. but uh, he's I heard going... it was uh, gay ballroom dancing. Yeah, thing. I'm sure. Something not that like there's that. anything wrong with that. No, not that there's anything wrong with that. Uh, we have uh, two cigars to smoke. These are two brand-new cigars. And, uh, Barry, tell us about them. Well, we got the Mason Dixon, which is the newest cigar from Crown Heads, the minds of uh, John Huber. And his partner, who I always forget his name. So my apologies on that. So we have uh, two cigars. And the first one is the South Edition, which features an Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper over Nicaraguan binder and filler. 
And then they got the Northern Edition, which we'll smoke in the second half of the show. And that's a Connecticut broadleaf wrapper over the same Nicaraguan binders and filler. Okay, so they come in one size, six by fifty-two. Yeah, they have a MSRP of nine ninety-nine. The variable at all three Two Guys Smoke Shop locations, as well as twoguyscigars.com. Uh, and both of them available. Both of them are available. Although they're not supposed to be. Although they're not supposed to be. All right, so where we are up at North, we're North. Help me out here. We're supposed to smoke the darker one. We're going to smoke the South, the lighter one first. All right. It's the milder of the two cigars. So As we, the South is. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. they're pansies, <laughs> so... So we'll go south first, and this way uh, we'll be able to taste the north afterwards, where I think if we went the other way around, the north would overpower the south. Oh, all right. Kind of like history. Yeah, as like real history, right. Yeah. So the south is the lighter one. It looks like a uh, shade wrapper of some sort. Do we know any breakdown of the cigar itself? Yep, it's an Ecuadorian shade-grown wrapper over Beautiful. Nicaraguan binder and filler. Uh, six by 52, nice amount of oils on the nearly flawless wrapper. Oh, beautiful. It has maybe one noticeable vein, um, which is, you know, it's to be expected on a wrapper. You know, it needs to have the veins to get all the nutrients from yeah. the soil. And uh, perfectly rolled, seamless, comes out of the My Father Cigar Factory in Esteli, Nicaragua. And uh, I actually smoked these this week, so okay. I'm, I'm one step ahead. All right. So there isn't a Mason and a Dixon. They're both Mason-Dixon. There's the South and the North. And uh, people up in the North, the retailers in the North get the North edition. And obviously, the South, people in the South get the South edition. And we obviously played a little something with somebody because uh, we have to have. We have to have both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you've gotten in trouble for that in the past. Yes, I have. But I, I think uh, it's come to be expected And that was an now. East-West thing way back in the day of um, Opus X and Diamond Crown. Yeah. All right, so let's give it a cut. It's time to give our cigar a cut. The official cutting is brought to you by our friends at Perdomo Cigars. Perdomo is the cigar brand that while all other cigar brands were raising prices, Perdomo cut out the federal S-chip tax and actually lowered them. They lowered the prices. This is true. It's history. Perdomo Cigars, they stand for quality, tradition, and excellence. And this is an excellent-looking cigar. I have not tasted either one. But, uh, you know, on the cold drawer, I'm getting a little bit of uh, earthy hay notes and a little bit of a sweetness that, to me, reminds me of butterscotch. Mm. Butterscotch. Butterscotch. Chuck, you have these cigars yourself? These cigars I do, yes. Okay. Yep. Yep. I don't have the, that butterscotch taste, though. It's more of an afterthought than an in-your-face taste. So hey, at, bit, at, least, at least we're not hearing Chinese pea pods from, uh, <laughs> from Mr. J. My right. favorite is fresh honey from the hive. Right, right. So, so now we're going to uh, toast our cigar up and get it all happy, happy right now. We're going to use the Vertigo Champ. This is a uh, combination table lighter or kind of big lighter for your pocket, but it's a tr- quadruple jet, four lights, four jets. I like this. Uh, I put it on my desk because... Um, I light a lot of cigars, and we have a lot of company to come in, and it's a huge tank. It's able to uh, handle a uh, week's worth of um, cigar lighting in there without worrying about it. It ran out of gas again and again and again. And I love that the flame changes color, which will make it visible outside on a sunny day. Yeah. 
This is a great lighter. So you'd expect to probably pay, I would say, $99, $89, or maybe on sale for $79. Oh, somebody's having a crazy, crazy sale that's $59. Oh, no, contraire. $29.99. Crazy. <laughs> it is. It's unbelievable. That's the Vertigo Champ, folks. Tight draw. I have a good draw on mine. Yeah. Um, and I was saying how packed it was. It is packed. I can't get smoke out of it. I'm bombing right now. Uh, I'm getting that typical My Father Nicaraguan spice that's the trademark of that factory, or at least to me. Um, we might have to uh, get you another one. Yeah. Man, I'm freaking bombing right now. Okay, so look at that. Wow. Yeah, it's this getting no smoke coming out of the top of it, which is a so, sign yeah. of uh, Is there a fix to this cuz man. I'm squeezing it a little try to break whatever's in there. Trying to squeeze it. This is a live show, folks, so it's really happening. No. No. Not getting anything, son of a Maybe we can get uh, Beasley who's in the uh, studio audience to run downstairs and get you another south. So you can, do we uh, have it here? Yeah. Yes, we do. Son of a gun, man. And, and I'm telling you, it looks beautifully, aesthetically beautiful. I'm not getting enough smoke, so I'm not going to be able to play along if I have to get through this. And I'm one of those smokers. When it's not drawing, man, I'm not going to fight through it. I'm just going to put the cigar down. This is a bummer. Well, they are 100% handmade products. Yep, it happens. And I'm a firm believer in there's one in every box that's not going to be perfection. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just the law of averages. And, so. I'm, and I'm saying how beautifully packed it is, but somebody put a little too much tobacco in it, and it seems right under the band. the band. It's always right behind the yeah. band. Yeah, right under the yeah. band is where it is. Yeah, yeah I, got, I got nothing to lose right now. I'm going to squeeze this thing really hard. Possibly breaking the uh the I like wrapper. that it's strong enough that it's not cracking, and you're yeah, really... It's, yeah. it, it's, it's well uh, uh, it humidified. A, it's, it's not dry at all. It help it out? Not really. You can tell when you're puffing that. Nah, I want to say a bad word, but I won't. <laughs> 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 so uh, Mason Dixon line, that's where this thing comes from, right? The Mason Dixon line? Yeah, which is uh, a line that was surveyed between the years 1763 and 1767 by Charles Mason and Jeremiah Dixon. Jeremiah. In the resolution of a border uh, dispute between British Thank colonies you. and colonial America. Uh, it's still a demarcation line between four U.S. states forming part of the borders of Pennsylvania, Maryland, Delaware, and West Virginia. Um, there's also a little bit of controversy because even though Maryland is south of the Mason-Dixon line, um, Jerry Cruz from uh, Stogie Review let us know that Maryland has the cigars from the north. Oh, really? That they didn't get the cigars from the south. They could make a little little uh, complaint about that. Yep. So um, in popular usage, the Mason-Dixon line symbolizes a cultural boundary between the north and the south. After Pennsylvania abolished slavery, it served as the demarcation line for the legality of slavery. The demarcation did not extend beyond Pennsylvania because Delaware, then a slave state, extended north and east of the boundary. Also lying north and east of the boundary was New Jersey, where slavery was formally abolished. Formally. Formally? Yeah. Formally. Formally. It just doesn't sound right. Yeah. Formally <laughs> abolished in 1846 
but former slaves continued to be apprenticed to their masters until the passage of the 13th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution in 1865. The Missouri Compromise Line had a much clearer geographic connection to slavery in the United States leading up to the Civil War. So that's a history lesson today. That's a history lesson of the Mason-Dixon line. Why did they make this called the Mason-Dixon? Just because they'll say a north and a south as opposed to uh, east-west? Yeah, well, the line was originally surveyed by Charles Mason and Jeremiah Dixon. So that's how you get Mason-Dixon. Yes, yes. But it was the the separation of north and south. Why did Crown Heads, though, come out with the Mason-Dixon cigar? Marketing. Oh, yeah, just a marketing thing? <laughs> just a marketing thing. Uh, Paul Beasley ran down. Thank you, Paul, for grabbing me another one. Uh, I cut it. I lit it while you were giving that history lesson. And what a difference. That's why when you got a tight drawn cigar, man, I just can't. I can't. Uh, I'm just not going to go through it. I'm putting it down. I'm just Life's not doing short. it. Yep. Yeah. I'm going to spend an hour sucking to a straw that w- with the golf ball in it. You know, it's terrible. It's like a, a McDonald's milkshake that had too much clump at the bottom. There we go. <laughs> but it'll eventually melt. That will not eventually no. improve. Definitely. That's just what it is. And as soon as I lit it, oh, my God, the, the flavors and the smoke started pouring through. And what a, what a difference. I mean, one's, uh, you know, 90% perfect draw. Everything's great. A lot of flavor. And the other one, I'll end up saying the cigar is not good. And I'm sure the cigar is good uh, by doing that. So uh, if uh, the folks from Crown Heads are listening, uh, listen. Great factory that you have producing the cigar. I'm sure there's nothing wrong with it. Uh, somebody put a little, either twisted their wrist a little bit mm-hmm. or put a little more, a little too much tobacco at that spot, which, which you mentioned it happens a lot of times that it's at that spot. It seems like it's always right under the band. Yeah. Really, really hard right there. I tried squeezing it and breaking it up, which is just no doing it. So here it is burning perfect. Uh, and yours is too. Chuck, yours is fine. Yeah, perfect. So that's it. It's one in a million. Maybe not a million, one in a thousand. I say it's one in every box. Yeah? Yeah. Really? At least, you know, when I had my cigar store in the boom and they were producing well, them in the crazy boom, it was numbers. Bad. Yes, it was terrible. But I always used to t- say one in every box. Very, very rarely that has happened uh, to us that somebody says, I have a bad draw. It's been a long, long time. A lot of people are using the draw testing machines. This obviously was not draw tested. Uh, you know, Perdomo, they draw test every single cigar. Right. I could stand behind that behind, behind that company and say to them, nope, I guarantee it's a, a perfect draw. I guarantee it's a perfect draw because never is there a bad draw. They tested it before they put the outside wrapper on it to see if that bunch drew at that certain pressure between this pressure and that pressure. It's hmm. pretty cool what that, they do. Does Perdomo test every cigar? Every cigar. Okay, because a lot of factories... They take a percentage per roller. That's what he used to do, okay. and he used to have a couple of draw test machines, and they used to take it over to them, and now they got a bank of them. I think there's like 20 of them okay. there, and that's wow. what they do after they have their, their uh, trays of uh, what goes underneath the, the – um, whatever that thing is, press. There we go. That's the word I'm looking for. Uh, then they bring them over to draw test, and they take it out, put it on there, draws, 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 put it right back in. And it's ready to go to the final guy that's going to put the wrapper and the cap on it and uh, pass it off at that point. So, Wow. Interesting. That's yeah. a big decision because that does add to production time, obviously. You know? oh, slows everything down. But you, you're talking about 20 extra people um, that have jobs yeah. and maybe a runner. I don't know if there's a runner or two in between there that brings it to them or they get up and yeah. bring it back and forth. I don't know. But, you know, maybe a couple dozen extra 
people working Easily. in the factory. Easily. Yeah. Well, the surprising part is you're definitely adding to your cost, and they're still able to have such affordable cigars. I mean, unreal. Yeah. That's the one thing. If you've never been to a cigar factory and you see the amount of people that's working inside a factory, mm. it'll blow your mind how cigars are this inexpensive. Yeah. If you figure it, You'll never complain about the price of a cigar if you go to a cigar. Yeah, factor. and I don't care if you're smoking twenty dollars cigars and you say, "Well, that's ridiculous." It's it's underpriced when the work, uh, the work right. that goes into it. It's it's a certainly underpriced product to begin with. Anyway, you're right. So uh, flavors, taste early on. You did the dry taste as uh, butterscotch. Yeah, got the butterscotch. Um, working with the uh, the spice, but as we're moving past the spice, there's a sweetness. That's there, but it's not really definable. I mean, when I reviewed it on the site yesterday, I mentioned candy corn, but I might have just been in the mood. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I might have just, yeah, I might've just been. I had Halloween on the brain. And you had eaten four bags of candy corn that day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but I was getting some, some pumpkin off of it. Oh, some, there we go. Some, s- some sweet. Um, chocolate notes. We'll give you the harp. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was all because of Halloween, which was yesterday, weekend Halloween Friday. I remember when I was a nightclub disc jockey and Halloween fell on a Friday or Saturday. It was nuts. I don't know what outside was like last night because I was long to bed much earlier, but uh, that used to be a crazy, crazy night when well, it would fall like that. Yeah. I went out last night and when I, the, the time I usually go home, I'm usually the only car on the road. Yeah. There was a lot of traffic last oh, night, yeah. even on the back roads of New Hampshire. Second biggest, biggest holiday. You okay. got Christmas and you got Halloween. Interesting. Didn't that realize I'm surprised that. that beats Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. 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 Thanksgiving is my favorite of all because it's just eating and sleeping. <laughs> you know, I, I know you football fans like watching the football games and stuff. I could care less. I like eating and, eating and sleeping, <laughs> too, so. especially the eating part. Right. But uh, – I forgot where I was going to go. All right. All I was right. just going to go somewhere, and I don't remember where I was going to well, go. we have no Mr. John. Oh, I remember where go. I was going to go. In New Hampshire, with the one thing that amazes me up here is the trick-or-treating. Each town is given a specific day and time. So I live in the town of Plastow, and right. they actually had their trick-or-treating on Halloween. There's some cities and towns here that have it the day before. But they were only allowed to ring the bells between 5.30 and 7.30 p.m. Wow. And then after that, it's over. In New York, it was a free-for-all from, especially if it was on the weekend, your doorbell would be ringing from 9 a.m. right up to 8 p.m. at night. Oh. So I like the fact that it's controlled up here a yeah. little bit better. I don't know if it's because of the where I moved as years went on that I was in very thickly populated when I, when I grew up. And Halloween was unbelievable. Hundreds and hundreds of kids would come to every single house. And then I moved from there to Saugus, and it was still kind of heavily populated, but not the houses weren't touching each other. It wasn't as densely populated, but very populated. A little bit of a slowdown, but still a big, big thing. We moved up to New Hampshire. We went to Londonderry. I was in a cul-de-sac. And you'd yeah. get the neighbors a couple of streets over e- each way and stuff. But it brought it down to, say, a couple of hundred people uh, or a hundred or so people. Now I moved last year. And um, have you been to my house? No, you haven't I haven't, been no. Are you in a residential area? I, mean- I am residential, but I got a driveway as long as a street. With, with street lights on the driveway. With a DeLorean parked in it, by the way. Not anymore. I gave uh, that away. But... Um, Zero. Not no. one person. It's kind of sad. And we get the basket of candy and stuff waiting and waiting for the doorbell. And I got home because it was a late night here, so it was 8 o'clock, when I, 8.30 when I got home. And I said, anything? And my wife put her head down and said, none. None. 
Yeah. See, wow. the, air, the area I live in, it's all two-family houses. And my landlord was telling me that they bus people in from other areas. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Because there's a lot of people to go trick-or-treating to, unlike in an area like Dave lives, where the houses aren't close together. See, I'm not residential at all. I'm in the woods. I, I can't even see my neighbors. Yeah, yeah. So zero off the bat. I mean, wow. you, you don't even get candy. But how about when you were a kid? You were in a... a I, yeah, I grew yeah. up in the suburbs of Boston. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. You get loaded, right? It was the best. Yeah. I, does it still happen? It's just because we moved away, I right? think it's because we moved away, yeah. Because yeah. it looks to me like, wow, it's not like it used to be, but it was my fault. I, we moved. Yeah. yeah. We moved we around. We got out of Massachusetts. Yeah. Do you remember what your first costume was when you went trick-or-treating? God. Like, it just popped into my head out of nowhere that I went as a slee stack from Land of the Lost. Land of the Lost. There you go. Yeah. Awesome. I remember whatever it was, my mother made me put my winter jacket over it because it was cold outside. <laughs> so you couldn't even see your And costume. here I am wearing a Superman costume with a winter jacket. Right. Nobody knows it. And I'm like, Ma! <laughs> this doesn't count. Do <laughs> <laughs> over. No, that's all right. You've got to dress up because you'd get a cold if it was cold out, which is not true. Yeah. You no. can't catch a cold from temperature. I think I was like Batman or something. I had that plastic mask with the like the elastic yeah, band. Yeah, yeah, now so now the kids have yeah. like these full blown Hollywood production helmets going on. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. big time. All right, uh, it's time to take the uh, classic three way, but it's going to be a two way today. The, uh, this day in classic history, brought to you by Classic Cigars. You've heard of epic rap battles. <laughs> But now it's time for the epic battle. Wow. It's kind of intimidating to be in the presence of so many great athletes. For this day. Tell anyone about this, I'll kill you. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. In classic history. Here's looking at you, kid. Brought to you by Classic Cigars. Nervous? Yes. All classic cigars are handmade and imported from the Dominican Republic, and every cigar is priced under, get this, under $3 per cigar. You like that, baby? Let him know where that came from, yeah! Choose any blend, including the classic Connecticut for its mild and smooth taste, the classic Maduro for its bold and spicy flavor, or the classic Cuban for its sweet, sun-grown, and nutty overtones. Undertones, you idiot. Whichever classic you choose, it's a classic cigar. Available at twoguyscigars.com. That's twoguyscigars.com. Celebrate today with a classic cigar. No Mr. Jonathan today, so it's Chuck versus Barry. November 1st. Can you believe it is November 1st already? Crazy. 45 days till Christmas. And tomorrow we might get our first uh, little taste of snow. Little yeah. taste of snow. Here it comes. Um, today is November 1st, and it's the birth date of Jenny McCarthy. Oh, sure. Jenny McCarthy, pinup model, MTV personality, actress who starred in her own sitcom before joining The View as a co-host that started season 17. She's a former Playboy Playmate model, and since becoming an uh, autism activist, she married John Mallory Ashton in 1999. The couple had a son in 2003, and in 2014... Uh, she married Donnie Wahlberg. She appeared uh, on Home Improvement, starring Tim Allen. You know who she is. Jenny McCarthy. Today's her birthday, Barry Stein. What year was she born? 1972. 1972. Wow, 72. And both years get two points, 72. Wow. You guys paying attention or what? <laughs> no distractions this week. <laughs> That's what really? it is. <laughs> okay, Chuck, today is Coco Crisp's birthday. Baseball player. Coco Crisp. Major League Baseball center fielder who began his career in the Cleveland Indians in 2002, helped the Boston Red Sox win the World Series title in 2007, joined the Oakland Athletics in 2010, uh, American League uh, champion in steals in 2011. He was born with the first name 
Covelli, but was given the name Coco by his brother and sister who believed he looked like the character on the Coco Crisp cereal box. Did not know that. Uh, Coco Crisp. Born today, what year, Chuck? I have 82. 82, Barry. I have 84. And you're both over at 79. Ooh. Today is Tim Cook's birthday. Tim Cook, Barry. You know who he is? No, I do not. CEO of Apple, Inc., He's Hi. the highest-paid CEO in the world in 2012 and uh, got a compensation package totaling $378 million, graduated an MBA in Duke University, rising executive for IBM before joining the small and money-losing Apple. He uh, was famous for the uh, Apple for tuning their supply chain and minimizing stockpiled inventory. Yeah, he took over running Apple before Steve Jobs' death. He ran the company when Steve Jobs underwent surgery in 2004. Today is Tim Cook's birthday. Happy birthday, Tim Cook. What do you buy a guy like that? Didn't he come out of the closet this week? I don't well? know. Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah. Right, he came out of his closet on his birthday uh, today. <laughs> what year? 1954. 54. I have 46. 54 will take it. It's 1960. Wow. Born the same year I was. And... Uh, He's doing much better than me. Today is Gary Player's birthday. Gary Player. Golfer, right? That's right. Oh. A South African golfer who won four Grand Slam tournaments before fame. His mother died and his father took a loan out to buy his son a set of golf clubs. Smart move there. Uh, he won nine Masters Golf Championships inducted into the World Golf Hall of Fame. He was born today. Gary Player, what year? I have 1889. 1889, Barry. I have 1949. 1949 would be over. Chuck gets the point. 1935. Yeah. We have a tie game, boys. Tie game, 3-3. to Today's the birthday of Larry Flint. Man after my own heart. There we go. Of course you know who he is. Journalist, the Hustler Magazine editor who has portrayed People versus Larry Flint. Uh, he's publishing nude photographs of Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis, former wife of John F. Kennedy, uh, got him in a lot of trouble. Uh, he founded Hustle Magazine and was paralyzed from the waist down due to an assassination attempt on him. Today is Larry Flint's birthday. Barry, what year was he born? 1944. 1944. 40, 1940. For the point, 42. Wow. You guys, right in between. These guys are good folks. Chuck is winning. Four to three. This is the last question. The last question. Chuck, today is Bobby the Brain Heenan's birthday. Bobby the Brain, manager and colorful commentator, known for the first time on WWF, AWA, and WCW. He became a WWE Hall of Famer in 2004. Before fame, he carried bags and jackets for professional wrestlers. Uh, and sometimes sold refreshments at the matches. Here's a guy that started from the bottom up. Wrestling's bad boy, Bobby, the Brain Heenan, born today. Chuck Morrison. I have 1945, Dave. 1945. I have 34. 34 for the point. It's 44. Ooh, Chuck, one boy. over. We have a complete tie, and I have no tiebreaker, so we have a tie. Wow. Uh, this classic day in American history brought to you by Classic Cigars. Whichever classic cigar you choose, it's available at Two Guys Cigars. That's twoguyscigars.com. Celebrate today, November 1st, with a classic cigar. And I want to remind you, if you are celebrating a birthday, whenever your birthday is, 
you are welcome to come down to any Two Guys Smoke Shop location at Salem, New Hampshire, Seabrook, New Hampshire, or Nashua, New Hampshire on your birthday. And we'll be happy to cut and light a free cigar made just for you for your birthday. It's a happy birthday cigar. Celebrate your day at Two Guys Smoke Shop. So that's it. What do you say? Um, yeah, go to break. Go to break. All right, we're going to go to break. Uh, when we come back, uh, we'll let you know that the blind taste test will continue um, and where that's about uh, to go. You better get your, your – if you're part of this, you better get your um, votes in. Um, we uh, Barry's going to take over the wheels of steel here. Um, we're going to interview a uh, somebody who uh, – one of the top retailers in the country. Yeah, I guess. I'm the most uninteresting. <laughs> I mean, I know, you're, I know you're really uncomfortable <laughs> with this, but uh, I'm going to put Dave on the hot seat, and I'm going to interview him okay. uh, when we come back from a break. All right. Also, we have uh, limited editions. Um, cigar companies are coming out with them all the time, not concentrating on the brand that they're building. It's a quick hit. Is it good for the business? Is it good for their business? Uh, we'll talk about that, too. So uh, we're going to be back in just a minute. Uh, you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Retailers Radio Network. Hi, this is Rocky Patel, and I've worked long and hard to create a Cameroon cigar. We've been saving Cameroon wrappers for seven years to come up with the perfect cigar, the Vintage 2003. This cigar has a Cameroon wrapper from Africa, delivers a sweet taste, medium-bodied, a ton of flavor, yet it's smooth on the palate. If you've never tried the Vintage 2003, please go out and try one, because this Cameroon cigar is going to deliver everything you're seeking. Okay, people, we've just been awarded the Brickhouse Ad Account. Now, this cigar was named Best Bargain Cigar of 2009 by Cigar Aficionado, got a 91 rating, plus it's the hottest cigar on the market. So, we need an award-winning slogan. He's a brick. <laughs> what about, it's not your grandfather's cigar? Ah, it's been done. Next. How about good to the last draw? Ah, something original, people. You deserve a brick today? Who are you? Do you even work here? Excuse me, sir. Am I to understand that every Brickhouse cigar is built with all the flavor and quality of the premium cigars of yesteryear? Yesteryear? Really? That's right, Bixby. But yeah, it costs around five bucks each. Indeed. Well, sir, people don't really need a slogan. They don't? No, sir. Then what do they need? Five bucks and a comfortable chair. Five bucks and a comfortable chair. Genius! Meet the perfect cigar to share with friends. Brickhouse by J.C. Newman. Handmade in Nicaragua with a fine Havana Subido wrapper. Brickhouse starts out earthy and crisp and burns well-rounded and smooth. Nothing stands the test of a good time like a Brickhouse. For more, visit BrickhouseCigars.com. Cigar smokers, how about if we go over a few cigar store sounds? Can you guess what this is? You think you got it? Okay. Do you know what this is? Now for the cigar. What do you think of this cigar? I'm lighting up a Lagiana Havana cigar. The Lagiana Havana natural cigars are, oh yeah, so smooth. Oh, yeah, the Maduro version is a bit beefed up, but oh, yeah, they're delicious, too. When asked what my favorite cigar is, I always say it's La Giana Havana. Oh, yeah. There was a time when cigars were the hallmark of elegance and success. 
In this time gone by, the aficionado would revel in opening a beautiful box, only to find their favorite celebratory smoke emblazoned with a heritage-laden band. It's time to put the bundle down and travel back to this golden age. For your voyage, may we humbly suggest the only cigar worthy of being packaged in a handmade marble box. Berlin Wall Series from Hammer and Sickle. Live well. Hey, this is cigar smoking citizen Steve Saka, and you're listening to Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Retailers Radio Network. And we'll have Steve on in just a couple weeks. We've got something to talk about with him because there's more consolidation going on. There's more talk, and Barry's going to talk about that later on. It's a conspiracy. It is. There's some crazy stuff going on. Uh, I want to remind you, before I hand over the wheels of steel over here to Barry, uh, blind taste test continues. Uh, get your votes in. We've gone through it last week. We ended up doing uh, our um, semifinalist. The finalists will go out on Monday, so you have... Till Monday, November 3rd at 9 a.m. to get your votes in. If you're part of this, you're one of the just slightly under 500 people that are taking part in the blind taste test. Get your votes into where you're supposed to get your votes into before 9 a.m. Eastern Time this Monday, November 3rd. About 80% of the people have voted so far. So uh, the 20% that haven't voted, your uh, time is running out. Yeah, so please do. Uh, We'll get those new cigars out to you. The last two cigars as the finalists will go out on Monday and um, you will have till the 16th to vote on them. On November 22nd, we will reveal the winners and we'll tell you who won and how they won and everything. And with that show will be Steve Saka, former president of Drew Estates. He'll be on. We got some things to talk to him about because we got into some conspiracy things, but this thing is never ending. We're hearing stuff as we're sitting here. <laughs> stuff continues to come in. So uh, how and why uh, we are doing this blind test, we'll get into that, um, uh, what they are liking, what they aren't liking, and all kinds of stuff like that. So uh, without further ado, uh, I'm going to pass this on to Barry Stein, who's going to take the wheels here. Go ahead, Barry. Yeah, I wanted to interview this week, you this week. Uh, back when I was a blogger, before uh, I came on board to the industry from the manufacturer side and now back on the retail side, uh, which you were so graciously kind enough to give me a job, um, which I will never, ever forget, by the way. So thank you again uh, publicly this time. Uh, but I remember I first became aware of you when you were doing these lavish anniversary parties. Um, it was specifically the one where you were giving away a tanker full of gasoline. Yeah, 10,000 gallons of gasoline. So cool. Yeah. <laughs> so now, now that I'm on the social media side, I'm helping out with twoguyscigars.com and the Cigar Authority. It kind of caught me off guard how the newer generation doesn't <clears throat> know the story of Two Guys Smoke Shop. All right. <clears throat> so I just want to know what possessed you to get into this crazy industry of cigars. It was possessed. I was possessed. This is what happened. I liked cigars like any other young man would like cigars. I was in my 20s. I was a nightclub disc jockey, and I would get a cigar early on uh, in the night. I would bring the cigar with me to the club in those days. What a beautiful world it was. You could light cigars up just about anywhere, restaurants, nightclubs. And I'd go into my DJ booth, and I'd get the music started. And like any nightclub, it builds as the night goes on. So your first hour or two uh, is slower during the night. And I'd light up a cigar, and there's nobody in there yet. And I'd start playing the music, and people would start working their way in and going right to the bar, not to the dance floor. So I just have my cigar. I'm all by myself, not bothering anybody. 
and smoked a cigar. By the time the cigar would be over, there'd be enough people to really start putting this into high gear and get the nightclub really going. And I'd have friends come over to me at that time and say, what are you doing, trying to be cool? What's happening here? And I go, there's nobody here, man. I'm just by myself, just having a cigar while letting the, the first hour or so pass. Because to be honest with you, the first hour is brutal because there's nobody paying attention to what's going on. I kind of control the nightclubs. Uh, of what happened in the nightclub, uh, a DJ will do that, controls what happens there, but not in the first hour or so. It's, uh, it's nothing but background music at that point. That's when I would have the cigar. It would be almost like a clock to me, and I'd see it go down to the end and say, okay, now it's time to start cranking this thing. And um, I had nothing to do in the daytime. As a nightclub DJ, 2 o'clock in the morning, you're out, and um, next thing you know, you get up late in the day, but you get up and uh, you try to find something to do. I tried golfing, hated it, bothered all my friends and their businesses while they were working and saying, hey, man, I'm working. Although they bothered me and mine, they went to the nightclubs I played at, but it didn't work the other way around. So I said, I need something to do. So let me open with my buddy, Paul Antonelli, I'll open a little cigar store. And I opened uh, in Somerville, Massachusetts, 200 square feet, small little shop. And uh, I liked it so much. After about a year or so, Paul didn't like it anymore because it wasn't making money. To me, it didn't matter. I had my night job. And uh, he was actually, uh, he had three video stores at that time. He was the first video store in uh, all of Boston. And at that point, he had built up to three of them. Those are hot. Yep. And he was going in the daytime, a good daytime business. Uh, He was booming. And this little cigar store was doing nothing. We were doing a couple hundred dollars a day or something. And he'd be like, geez, you know, I had enough of this. And uh, I said, well, I want to keep going. And um, he en- I ended up buying him out small money. And um, I kept the cigar shop going. I took in my brother, John, who was looking for a job anyway, my big brother, seven years older than me. And um, it was two guys when it was me and Paul. It became two guys when it was um, me and my brother. And we kept that going. Unfortunately, he passed away about 10 years ago. And two guys is still two guys. You know, still my brother. So that's what so happened. The, so the Massachusetts institutes a tobacco tax. Yep, 1995 in June. Um, they said um, there was a cigar boom going on with cigars. Everybody was talking about cigars. You'd see it all over the news, cigar dinners and events that would happen. And um, those that understand Taxachusetts, as, as we call it up here, Massachusetts, where, where I was born and brought up and had my three stores. Somerville, at that time, there were three stores. Somerville, East Boston, and Everett, the town I grew up in. They said, um, we're going to implement a tax on cigars. We want to go 30% on cigars. And I went uh, to the other cigar stores that were in Boston. There were 30 of us at the wow. time. And I said, listen, we've got to get together and we've got to stop this. And they said, get out of my store. I don't want to talk to you. You're my competition. And I said, hate me after it's over, but we have to, be, we have to band together, and we have to fight this. And they said, no way. Wow. Get out of here. Whatever happens, happens. Wow. And I wasn't going to put up with it. I'm going to go fight by myself all by myself, and I did. And I would make a, a you know, be loud and, you know, go to the hearings and say, you know, this is going to kill us, and all the business is going to go over to New Hampshire, which we're uh, – Boston is 30 miles south of New Hampshire. So half-hour ride, a Robusto will get you up to, to New Hampshire. Uh, you know, it, it's going to hurt us. And they said, well, we're gonna, we'll start it down at 15. We'll see how it goes at that point. What do you say? Absolutely not. Zero. Nothing. Because that's what their tax is. Zero. I don't accept anything less. 
as a matter of fact, if you imply that tax onto cigars, I will close all three shops, unemploy everybody that I have, and move over the border into a new state and start all over again. Well, we'll see. We're going to continue this hearing away from people, and we'll let you know what ends up happening. I leave the State House. I go on the State House steps, and there is the news crews that are there to wonder what's going on. They're looking for a, a, a news thing. It must have been a slow news day because uh, somebody came up to me. It was a lady, and she said, what's the problem? What were you in here for? And I said, I was in here because they're going to tax cigars. And um, it'll put me out of business. And if they do tax the cigars, I'm going to close all three stores and move over the border to New Hampshire because that's where the business is going to go. And uh, the next morning, front page of the Boston Globe above the fold. Boston Globe is Boston's biggest newspaper, or was at that time. I think it still is. Sure. And this is when people read newspapers. Above the fold, front page, there's the uh, headlines that, I'm going to shut down all three stores if the tax gets implemented. Oh, no. Now I actually have to do it <laughs> if it happens. So I'm crossing my fingers. Please don't let this happen. In the meantime, um, talk radio stations and everything picked it up. I was on the, on the tour, basically, of uh, all the talk shows and stuff saying this is what I'm going to do. Wow. My foot was all the way in my mouth. This is it. And wouldn't you know it. Uh, weeks later, they passed it at 15%. Again, they were looking for 30. They went to 15. Was that Dukakis then? Or do you remember who was? Uh... Who was the governor? No, it was not. I don't think so. Who was it? Wells. Yeah. Uh, Wells. Wells. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So uh, wow. I'm like, ah, God, when's it going to happen? July 1st, <laughs> 1995, it's going to happen. So it's June. And I said, okay, let's... Um, Let's take a ride. And me and my brother took a ride up here to Salem, New Hampshire. We found the first spot over the border, exit one, first exit into New Hampshire. Found a place for rent. Instead of the small stores that I had, like 200 square feet, 500 square feet, this was 3,000 square feet. But it was the only place available. The rent was five times what we were paying. I'm like, oh, wow. God. But what are we going to do? So we have to do it. We uh, packed everything up in U-Haul trucks. We got it out of there. And the night before the tax pa passed, because there was actually going to be a floor tax on the existing product. It took me 10 years to build that product up. And now they were going to charge me 15% for every product I oh, had. Yeah. I had to get it out before the, the floor tax took effect. I did. It took, we didn't open the store, though. It took over a month to open the store. We opened the store. There was a line waiting for us to open, and they were all our old customers that were, um, you know, being awesome and driving all the way up there, uh, not because they were looking to save $15 on a $100 box of cigars, but to say, you know what, this is the right thing. Yeah. And it was, it was unbelievable. And uh, that was our busiest day at that point, our opening day in a new state wow. from three stores to one store. And it continued to grow. And um, Massachusetts ended up going from the 15 to 30 because they didn't get the money they expected. Uh, my competitors in, in Boston were happy to see me leave because they were going to get my customers. That's what they said. And I said, well, the fact of the matter is I'm taking my customers with me. And they said, well, you think so, huh? And I said, well, to be honest with you, I think I'm taking my customers and I think I'm taking your customers too. That's why I'm leaving because I think the customers are going up north. And it's exactly what happened. Of the 30 retailer, retail cigar shops that were in the major metropolitan Boston area, one is left. 
one is standing. Wow. All the rest are gone. Wow. We, and we went from – they went from 15 to 30 to 40 percent plus their state income tax to make us this, – this retail shop that we have in Salem is the highest volume independently owned retail cigar store in the world. And that's hopefully – a, awesome. a, a lot that we have to offer, but taxation and stuff was a big, big part of it. I would have been out of business, I'm sure. So it, it took a lot of nerve and guts to end up doing it. But again, I put my foot in my mouth and I, I kind of forced the play. It was sink or swim. So that's how it happened. Awesome. So thankfully you were able to swim. Yeah. <clears throat> you now have three successful stores. Yep. Uh, but you go above and beyond those three stores. Um, you sit on the, the board at uh, IPCPR. Yes. Um, I do because just as I left when I, when I uh, was leaving Boston and I tried to get the other retailers to get together with me, I saw that they felt I was competition. And in this industry, in the cigar industry, tobacco industry as a whole, you either have to get together or you're going to all die separately. So uh, you can fight together or die separately. So I said, let me try to do this every possible way I can and try to get retailers together and let them understand that. There's no need to look at ourselves as competition. Yes, we are competition, and everybody's trying to grow their business. And one way to grow the business is to take a customer from one store to the other store. But there's other ways to grow a business. It's to uh, educate and teach people about premium cigars and bring somebody into premium cigars that never smoked before. That's not taking somebody's customer. Um, and, um, you know, show this industry for what it is. And uh, that's what I try to do, and that's what I try to do nationally. IPCPR is more than a trade show. Uh, I know a lot of retailers out there look at IPCPR and they say, um, yeah, they, they run a trade show, and that's what IPCPR is. No, the IPCPR really is 99% of the IPCPR trade show is legislation and fighting this and keeping us so that we can all stay alive as a group. And the little dues that they pay, um, you got the people that are on the board of directors and have gone through the whole process for years. And I, I'm just a board of director member, but some of these people that become the president and vice president, they're on there for 15 years. By the way, the pay is zero. You don't get paid. But, you know, it's like giving back to your industry and helping the industry as a whole. So it's very, very important. And uh, I know other retailers listen to this, and, you know, they, they may have be some, um, you know, people throwing some crap out at the, at the IPCPR group and stuff. You know, trade show isn't so great anymore and this and this. And it's so much more than that. There's so much go on. And, and, and just say thank you to the people that are on those boards and, and run that organization because without them, let me tell you, we'd be long gone. So. Are you still on the board, Dave? I am. I, I served for three years. And then uh, after the three years, you, you move off. And then a couple of years went by, and I couldn't believe that they actually asked me to come back on. I'm like, I don't think you're going to get the votes to get me back on because I'm kind of vocal. You know, uh, I get excited about this industry, and I'm passionate about it, and I, uh, I don't win a lot of votes. Um, when something comes up, they, everybody seems to go one way, and I go the other way. Uh, I'm obviously trying to do good, and I... I uh, you know, have my plan, but when, when it goes a certain way, then at that point I lost the vote and I say, okay, let me prove the other people right, not prove them wrong. Let me prove them right and let's, whatever direction they're going to go, let's get it to the best we can. So I hope that that's what it was about, that they saw that in me, that, you know, after I, I do go the other direction of other people and they say, okay, but once he ended up uh, being passionate about his way and he went the other way, then he worked really hard to help us 
get our way. So uh, they asked me back, and I said, oh, I need to do this like a hole in the head. You know, let me see. Uh, another three years commitment and traveling, and uh, I got three stores and a mail order company. Uh, it pays nothing, right? Yeah, I'm going to get a lot of heartache for it. I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> where do I sign? Yeah, <laughs> yeah where do I sign? So you, so you took the, uh, the joint front, the united front, which is definitely better than an individual front. Absolutely. From a national level, and now you brought it on a more local level with the creation of uh, the Cigar Association in New Hampshire. Yep. Which is a group of cigar stores here in New Hampshire. That, and that was the problem that we had um, in Massachusetts, that we didn't have a group at that time. I, I wish we had because uh, they would have all got together at that point. And when I got to New Hampshire, I said, we're going to need to do that in New Hampshire. There wasn't many New Hampshire cigar stores, but later, uh, Victor Vitale, who we had up here uh, a few weeks ago or a couple weeks ago, um, Victor kind of organized the group. You know, I had this talk with him so many times that this is what it needs. And the problem is another retailer looks at me as the competitor and the enemy. And I said, you form it. It's better if you form it, and then everybody will get together. And he said, yes, I want to do it. And he's the one that actually put the group together wow. in the first place. And then we all got together, and that's it. Since then, he's moved to Pennsylvania himself and everything. But I thank Victor because he's the one that actually was able to get um, the retailers together. Him and uh, Don DeCapit. Don was the... Um, was the rep for uh, Fuente J.C. Newman, and he was another one that uh, even before our group was even formed, um, when something was happening, he ended up making calls to each one of them um, and said, you better get up at the State House. Here's what's going on. And we were individuals at that point. We weren't together. We didn't know each other or anything. And he was able to get individuals up there to go fight. And then uh, it was Victor that said, you know, instead of being um, all separated and being individuals, why don't we all be a group? And you saw, you know, we had the uh, governor up here last week. And, uh, you know, this is things we have to do. It's um, unfortunate. It's part of our business, and it will continue to be. I'm going to put you on the spot to tell a, a specific story with the CANH, uh, a little bit of a selfish, selfless act. Um, you fought for the rights to be able to have liquor in a cigar shop in New Hampshire. Actually, uh, just about single-handedly. Um, the law here in New Hampshire um, is that you can only serve alcohol if you're a restaurant. There is no bar in the state of New Hampshire, just a bar. There's no such thing. You have to be a restaurant that serves alcohol. So when no smoking laws happened uh, in 2007, October 2007, um, was no smoking in restaurants. At that point, nobody could smoke and drink ever again. So I went before the uh, the state house. Uh, I don't know if it was the, the the house or the senate, and I said, "Here's where the problem lies: that your idea is you don't want people eating and being bothered by smoke. Uh, the problem is I can't let my thirsty customers drink because I would have to serve food. If I serve food, I can't serve alcohol. I mean, I can't serve cigars. There can be no smoking. So here's the circle that you've created." And they looked at me like, wow, yeah, it wasn't meant to be like that. What should we do? And I said, you should create a separate thing that is a cigar bar license where they don't serve food. It's the only way they can't serve food. But a cigar bar now could have smoking in it and be able to serve alcohol. It would be the only place that cannot serve food 
that can serve alcohol. And they said, that is a good idea. And they put the whole thing together. And it went through, and I, real fast, this thing was a, a quick thing, and it was like, boom, here it is, it's done. So they tell you that it's been approved. Yes. And they offer you a license. Yes. And your the, answer was? I'm not interested. <laughs> <laughs> Go figure. I can see you're fidgeting that you're really uncomfortable yeah, yeah. with these line of questions, but we'll sum Imagine. it up. Yeah. What does the future of two guys hold? Uh, I don't know. Right now, it's, it's FDA. Uh, Food and Drug Administration controls tobacco. Everybody's uh, pushed aside right now, and, and all um, projects and everything is being held up. I have so many ideas and projects and special cigars and trademarks of different brands I want to come out with and everything. But uh, since FDA poked their head in, there's no sense in spending a ton of money on bands and stickers and boxes and projects and working blends and all this when... Uh, they're saying seven years or less right. is no good as a premium cigar. So what is the sense of that? Uh, because it takes years and years just to get your money back. When you, when you start up a cigar uh, like a company, you figure at least three years before you break even. You're going to start making money. You've got five years or so before you make money. Where the FDA is going to come down and you know, maybe give a year or two for people to get rid of the products they have at that point, it's, it's a losing business proposition. So I think not only myself, I think you have lots of people right now, businessmen, sitting on the side with uncertainty. They don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And we... We don't know what to do. The answer is do nothing. It's business as usual. We're still obviously selling cigars and taking other people's cigars on. But I got so many things, in, and I'm a creative guy. I want to come out with these new things and everything, but it's just bad business to come out with anything right now. So I'm just sitting on the sidelines. That's what two guys are doing. I know you don't like talking about yourself that much, and uh, I appreciate you taking the Thank time you. and sharing the story with everybody. I hope, hope it wasn't very boring to everybody. I'm not, no, a, no. I'm not a cigar celebrity. I'm not a, uh, um, one of these guys we interview all the time. But that's, uh, that's a story of um, of. David Garofalo and Two Guys Smoke Shop, but I remember we interviewed you. Uh, you could barely even remember uh, us interviewing you. Yeah, when, you actually played it for me in your yeah. office, and I was surprised that you kept me on for that long. This was um, when uh, I think you were on the longest because you actually had something to, to add and, and not saying anything very bad about um, the, the other bloggers and things that we did that would really write unbelievably, but... To talk on one-on-one, I mean, they, they kind of were yes and no answers, and it was like, all right, this is going nowhere. So we got you, and we kept you on for a long time. But that was in a day that you had approached me um, with an email saying that uh, the bloggers wanted to get into the IPCPR trade show. That's right. You were, you were very important in helping us get into IPCPR, and one of the few retailers that kind of accepted us and understood what we were trying to do. I I remember the battles on the board of directors meetings and me taking your side and trying to make them understand that uh, the world is changing and that uh, media is now social media. It's um, on the Internet. It's not so much magazines anymore. People aren't reading newspapers and magazines like they used to, and this is the future. Uh, I remember, listen, I've been in the business since 1985. I remember when we first came out with the website and people were all mad about that, that you, you, know, you, you have a website and people can buy cigars and whatever. And the, not too bad because there wasn't many people doing it or would dare put their credit card information, but that was a fight. Now everybody has a website. And um, the same thing was with that, that they said, you, you guys were getting in anyway. Right. You were sneaking in or getting into other manufacturers. And I said, you want to control these guys, make it so... 
that they pay their way in. You have a little control. And you know what? It, it's almost if, if you don't pay, you don't pay attention. Right. Mm. That you, you get uh, these guys to actually and, – and it's only a couple few hundred dollars or something a year. Yeah, I remember the first year I went, I was invited by Miami Cigar. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you want to come to the show, we'll give you a pass. You'll come as, you know, a member of Miami Cigar. And I thought it was great, but I also kind of felt bad because, you know, I gave Miami Cigar a little extra coverage. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, I kind of circumvented the system. And yeah, I, yeah, Personally, yeah. I don't like to circumvent sure. the system. So, so. You, you went as far as to go all the way, and you got a job with them just so yeah, you legitimized basically, it. Basically, <laughs> evidently, they liked me that much. Yeah. Go figure. You, so. so you legitimized the whole thing anyway. So, so Is uh, that it for this? That's it for this. All you right. are off the hot seat. Yeah. So. <laughs> so the blind taste test continues, as I said. Uh, get your votes in by this Monday, November 3rd at 9 o'clock. Uh, we'll get the last two final cigars of that day to you. You'll have to listen. 16 to vote on them on November 22nd. We'll reveal not only the winners, but we'll give you lots of information. Pretty interesting uh, how this usually comes out. Again, I haven't seen uh, a lot of this information. I know the cigars that were originally started from it, but I'll be honest with you, I forget. Um, but we'll have Steve Soccer on. He'll give us his opinion. He'll give you your opinion, too, basically. <laughs> so we'll have him on for the for that, too. Uh, when we come back, we're going to have to get to um, the social media segment. And um, what else do we have? We'll wrap up the, uh, the Mason-Dixon South as we transition into the Mason-Dixon North. Yep. We have uh, so many companies coming out with limited releases, not concentrating on the brands that they're building. Just quick hits enough to keep them in business. Is it possible? Uh, does the consumer demand new, new, new cigars? Is that why they have to do it? We have those questions and more. We have the mailbag. We have events and promotions coming up. New cigars hitting the shelf. Cigar news from Barry. Gentleman Chuck Morrison will get debonair. Old Fart Freddy will be in the aging room. we got a lot coming up because we wasted all this time talking about me. So we got all this catch-up to do when we come back. We'll be right back with our number two. We're live from Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire. And you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Retailers Radio Network. And in honor of Mr. Jonathan, remember, when you're smoking, your Mason Dixon South Edition. Keep the lit end out of your mouth. And just a reminder that if you're enjoying the content presented here on the Cigar Authority, please consider leaving us a rating or review up on iTunes. Subscribe to the podcast. We always appreciate when you tweet out links to the show or mention us on Facebook. We'll be right back with our number two of the Cigar Authority right here on the United Cigar Retailers Radio Network. Cigars like a good story. Perfectly crafted throughout, and you never want it to end. Take it from Rob Weiss, member of Camacho's Board of the Bold and the creator of the award-winning TV series Entourage. The Camacho Corojo is hand-built from authentic Corojo seeds, built for the expert palate and fine-tuned for maximum flavor impact, consistency, and quality. In a world where the success of a cigar brand is recognized by its flavor comes two that go head-to-head. One man 
smoking two cigars at the same time. Two rappers united in name, but separated by taste. One cigar known as the natural. The natural is no lightweight. It boasts full flavor and taste. The United Cigar Natural. Now comes the Maduro. Darker and even more bolder. With in-your-face flavor. United Cigar. Nothing could prepare you for what awaits you in the box. Both box-pressed. Both 65 million years in the making. Uh, that may be wrong. Well, I'm going with it anyway. Action. Adventure. And bromance. That's right. Bromance. United Cigar. Available in natural or Maduro. Available only at appointed United Cigar retailer shops nationwide. Rated D for delicious. Under 18, not admitted even with a parent. United Cigars. You don't have to choose. Smoke them both. Founded in 1989 by Mariana and Nestor Miranda, Miami Cigar and Company proudly celebrates their 25th anniversary with the release of their flagship brand, the Nestor Miranda Collection. Made in Esteli, Nicaragua by Don Pepin Garcia, the collection is available in three distinct wrappers aimed to please even the toughest critic. Nestor Miranda Collection. You only get one life. How will you live yours? This is Jonathan Carney with the Florida Vancana. I'm J.R. Dominguez. This is John Hart. This is Victor Vitale. Hi, this is Pete Johnson. Steve Saka. Hi, this is Phil Zangi. This is a little bit of shake. Is the Cigar Authority. And faith. The authority on everything cigar. Shake your butt. In. Yeah, and out of the cigar industry. Do it. With your hosts. That's a lovely accent you have. David Garofalo. New Jersey. Austria. Austria. <laughs> Well then, good day, mate. Let's put another shrimp on the ball, babe. Mr. Jonathan. Dear Lord, baby Jesus, or as our brothers to the south call you, hey Zeus, we thank you so much for this bountiful harvest of dominoes, KFC, and the always delicious Taco Bell. Barry Stein. That's what I love about these high school girls. I get older, they stay the same age. <laughs> and Chuck Morrison. Is this your place? No, 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 no. No, I live with my mom. Oh. Yeah. You hungry? Hey, Ma! We get some meatloaf! It's time to light them up. There's no smoking in here. It's time. Oh, it's all right, darling. I'm a volunteer fireman. For the Cigar Authority. Hey, shake it back, Cal! Woo! Shake it back! Do it. And we're back live from Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire. It's our number two limited releases. Does the consumer demand them? we got Cigar News with Barry. We'll open the mailbag. We'll get debonair with Gentleman Chuck Morris and Old Fire Freddy waiting in the aging room. And we'll look to our calendar of upcoming interviews and events. Better interviews than interviews with me. Stop are this. We, are we totally out of people? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to the Cigar Authority. You are listening to the Cigar Authority, the only radio show in the U.S. and perhaps the world that is always broadcast on location. This week, we are in the Mr. Jonathan Free Zone at Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire. And we are the only show that doesn't just allow smoking. We insist on it. Tune into the CigarAuthority.com and watch us live or catch the podcast on demand or simply find us on YouTube, iTunes, and Podbean where you can set it and forget it. Okay. We have smoked the South Edition, the Mason Dixon South. There's no doubt in my mind smoking the cigar exactly who made the cigar. This is Don Pepin Garcia out of Nicaragua. You said Ecuadorian wrapper? Yep. It's a little bit spicy. There's a lot of earthian components. There's kind of a background sweetness going on. Um, I like the back end of it better than the front end of it. Okay. The back end of the south. Uh, we'll call you Colissimo. Here we go. <laughs> 
I hate to put it down because now it's getting really good. Yeah. Not that it was t- bad or anything, but it's getting really good at the end, better than the front, where I found a lot of cigars that are better than the front, and as they go down, not as good as it started. This is the opposite. Maybe they turn the leaves the other way. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely uh, it ramped up as it went on. Yeah. But I liken it to being in a country kitchen in the south. Yeah. It's a, it has a very homey, familiar feel about it. A little barbecue happening. A little barbecue. So uh, I guess we'll go move on to the north with the uh, Connecticut Broadleaf wrapper. Right. Um, typical gritty-looking Connecticut Broadleaf. Yep. A lot of tooth. A lot of, by tooth, I mean a little bumps and ridges. And um, if you look closely, you can see, like, these little tiny pimples, uh, which is caused from the high magnesium content in soil. Um, veiny. The roll isn't as seamless as on the Connecticut. Yeah, it doesn't look as beautiful as the other one, but yeah. I got a feeling it's going to taste beautiful. The other one's like a Southern Belle. Yeah, this yeah. is like a... I like Broadleaf. A girl from Boston. And this is the one we got a lot of because this is the North. I'm letting it go. <laughs> <laughs> a little tough, a little, little opinionated. Yes. Yeah. Um, Mason Dixon, this is the project. Being a project, is this something that will continue, or is this one of those? This looks like a one-and-done, unlike the other limited edition they did earlier this year, the Los Calaveras. Yes, yeah. Which is a tribute to the Day of the Dead. Yeah. Uh, So it's more of a cigar that's supposed to be the remembrance of people who have passed in the industry, and that will be a yearly limited release. This will not. This will not. Okay, and we're going to get into the limited releases, but first it's time to cut our cigar. The official cutting is brought to you by our friends at Perdomo Cigars. Perdomo is the brand that while all other cigar brands were raising prices, Perdomo cut out the federal S-chip tax and actually lowered them. They lowered their prices. Perdomo Cigars, they stand for quality, tradition, and excellence. And, uh, and they drop proof every cigar. They do. So we won't have any of that issue. My second one was perfect. Yeah. And this one will be too. Are these considered boutique, by the way? I would say yes, small production. The, the crown heads, I would say, is considered boutique, small, limited production. Even their regular cigars aren't mass produced. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I would call my father the factory that makes it boutique, as they're more of a mainstream brand. Right. So John Huber was who you were interested in thinking of who crown heads is. Right. There's another member with John Huber, and I can never remember oh. the other member's name because oh. Huber is so big on social media. Sure. You know, he's on Twitter. All the time. Okay. Um, Basically embraced social media, which their cigar is kind of built on a little bit like recluse cigars. Sure. All right. I'm going to use the the Champ, Vertigo Champ, a a tweener. This is between a pocket lighter and a table lighter. It's right in between. can be used either way. Uh, Four Jets. They turn into a red flame, so you can see outside on a blue sky or a green golf course exactly where you're doing. Pinpoint. There is four jets, but they actually pointed in slightly, so they actually meet in the center, and you can put a pinpoint burn on your cigar. This cigar lighter, to me, looks like a $100 cigar lighter all day long. The craziness that it is, you want a gift at Christmas time? Buy somebody this twenty nine ninety nine lighter, and they're going to think you spent a hundred bucks on it. It's the ultimate lighter for a portly guy. There we go. It's not big enough where it's a table lighter, and it's not small where it doesn't look ridiculous in my hand. Yeah, wouldn't it be nice if this collapsed down? It would be cool if it went straight up. 
straight up and just and, point down, yeah. yeah? Or, you know, even this, I mean, the flame's a little too high, but it almost kind of has a feel yeah. of a pipe lighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That Ben's side was like yeah. that. Those that aren't listening on there, it's, you know, it's a half of, half of a T or whatever. But it's the champ. It is a champ. It's a lot of gas and a, and a great lighter. So those folks at Vertigo are doing it. They're doing it, and we're selling lots of them uh, as far as to tell you how retail's going. So uh, limited releases. Why are so many companies coming out with limited releases? We know FDA is coming out, and these things would have to go away. But right now they're taking advantage maybe as things are going on. They, it seems like they're not concentrating on a core brand. Let's take this company in particular, yeah. that they have four kicks is their regular brand. That, uh, Headley Grange. Yeah. Um, J.D. Howard, I think, is another one. Yeah. But their attention seems to be on these smaller brands. And I've totally lost I don't want to say I lost interest, but I've lost focus on what their core brands are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I kind of think it detracts from their main brands. The brand, the one that they had with the with the head on it, um, with the skull. With, was, that would be four kicks, wouldn't it? No, it's a round. Oh no, that's Los Calaveras. Las Cal- this tastes like Los Calaveras. There's a very familiar. I wouldn't say it's a hundred percent. Yeah, but I would say which was that, a great cigar, but I can't think, get it anymore. I think the core tobacco in this is very similar yeah. to the If Congress. you like that, you're going to like this. And uh, th- this is very much like that. And I only hope that it's as, as big of a hit as that was. Mm-hmm. We tried to buy more of those after we got our initial order in because they sold so fast. Wow. And the next thing you know, they were gone. That was the end of it. Yep. So. I get a little chocolate going on. Yeah, definitely Maybe. some chocolate, a little bit of leather. You know, even though Jonathan doesn't believe in leather notes, so I can get away with it this week. Wow. Um, but it's meaty. It's almost – it reminds me of the edge of a steak that's been on the barbecue a little too long, and it has that – little charred. It has that charred char- taste to uh, it. Fat, the charred yeah. fat. But it's a tasty char. You yeah, know? It's, it's not good. like it was on the barbecue for an hour too long. When we had Pete Johnson on, he was saying how much he liked the Broadleaf, Connecticut Broadleaf – on Papin Garcia's tobacco, and yep. here it is. Yep. Uh, it's a great cigar. Great cigar. Yeah. Early on, we'll see how it ends up going. Balance, a lot of flavor going on. Definitely enjoyable. So this is the North edition? This is the North. All right. Strong and bold, just like the people up here. That's it. But uh, it's not strong. No. I'm okay with it. We'll see as it, as it goes down. But uh, it's not in that belly type of thing. There's a lot of flavor. It's full flavored, but... Uh, I don't say full-bodied at all yet. Well, stronger than the South. Yeah. 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 And I hope uh, the South thing of that tight draw doesn't throw me at all. But um, I'm liking this one better, I think. And it seems like um, because we've been going through this taste test for so long, every time I'm smoking two cigars, I'm, I'm trying to go, which one do I like better? Which That isn't what it's supposed to be all about, folks. Just enjoy the one you're with, right? Love yeah. the one you're with? Yeah. Uh, but... I, I'm in that groove right now, and we're getting ready for the contenders for the Cigar of the Year, the Cigar of the Year. The magazines are getting ready for the Cigar of the Year. All the bloggers are getting ready. It's already November. Yeah. It's time to start thinking about that. So uh, back to thinking about um, these limited releases. Why, why do you think this is happening? Why, why are they all doing this? I think it's the ADD that exists in the cigar industry right now. I mean, I don't know how it is in your shops because I'm not on the floor as much as uh, I probably should be. Uh, but I know in the shops I've hung out in, the first question to come out of a person's mouth is what's new. Yeah. And I think companies just feel like they need to have something new 
to get the attention of the consumer instead of building a brand. Well, I'll tell you what happens uh, with – remember, the manufacturers don't sell to the consumers, most of them. They sell to the store owners, and they can get a decent order of an opening order, mm-hmm. and that's usually the biggest order they're going to get because it's every size of everything that they have and multiple boxes of them, and that's the big blip. Right. And then at that point, it drops down, and it's smaller orders of that order. Right. I think it's a mistake, personally, of a company concentrating on limited releases all the time because they have not built a brand. And if you look at the companies, talk back to acquisitions that they end up buying, they buy companies with um, core brands, big core. They're really buying their brand, their label. And you can't buy this label because it's a one and done, and that's the end of that. And, um, you know, I remember when CAO was originally bought. Right. CAO did make cigars, and they used different manufacturers over the years. They weren't consistent on uh, manufacturers. They started in uh, Costa Rica. They moved to Nicaragua, to Perdomo. They moved from there somewhere else to um, Tarano. They were moving around. The same brand was moving around. It wasn't consistent to what it was, but what it was was marketing that happened on that brand, and people said it wrong, cow. uh, Yeah, I remember cow. Yeah, they didn't even know how to say the word or anything. And when they, when um, it was um, Scandinavian tobacco came into the U.S., they looked at everybody. And I understand that they went to many, many factories and they were looking at everybody in the United States. And at the end of it, they bought CAO, a company that didn't produce any cigars, um, didn't didn't have a factory, didn't have consistency, didn't have anything. And that's the one they bought because they bought the name. They bought something that people... CAO, if anything else, and it was John Huber that was yep. a big, big part of that, that made that what, what, it, what it was. And it was big. It was a huge, huge brand. It was an inconsistent, changing, ever-changing brand. But the, the band never changed. The name of the cigar never changed. And this is quite the opposite. And uh, you would think that John Hurd saw what grew that company, and he's going the opposite. He's absolutely going the opposite way. Not to say it's not the right way, whatever. I, I wish them all the luck in the world. But yeah. I'm going to backtrack a little bit yeah. to what you said because I kind of disagree, and it was something that you said along the lines of that manufacturers don't sell to consumers. Okay. Not every cigar store is the top cigars in the country like two guys and, and some of the other bigger stores in the country, uh, like Burns Tobacconist in Tennessee, the name one. Their salespeople have been trained to sell. There's a lot of cigar stores in the country that the person behind the counter is just a person to operate the cash register. Yeah, just cash. And these cigars, to me, are sold to the consumer directly through social media. So they're they're more aware of it. Uh, I mean, if you look at a guy like Fratello, um, you have an educated staff. They, They tell the consumers about the Fratello. But Fratello has basically done it without any advertising in magazines. Yeah, yeah. And it's through word of mouth, through, in my opinion, a lot of it has to do with social media. Um, it's a, it helped build the brand. Now, he's doing it the right way. He's focusing on one brand. Yes. And he's not going the route of many limited editions. Yeah, four sizes, one four brand Four sizes, now. the box press um, yeah. edition. He did say that he has a, uh, a Connecticut version coming out um, this year that he mm-hmm. mentioned on our show when we were at Mickey Blake's This with him. year? Uh, well, next year. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm already jumping the gun to 2015. Yeah, yeah. But there are a certain segment of cigars that are marketed direct to the consumer. 
And I believe that Crown Heads is one of those brands just because of how active John Huber is on Twitter. Um, I think the buzz that was around Las Calaveras had a lot to do with him selling directly to the Cigar Geeks, of which I am one. Yeah, right. And same thing with this. You know, everybody, the buzz was there before the cigars hit the shelves. And that came through selling direct to the consumer. Hmm. I don't think your staff or you were telling people, hey, in three weeks we're going to have the new Mason Dixon. You were focusing what was on the shelf. Right. That's what we're selling. And right. As soon as they come in, we tell everybody, okay, this is the story of this. Right. Educate them so they can educate the consumer. But if the consumer already comes in educated, listen, beautiful. The customer already comes in. And uh, the one I remember most was the M80 that Pete Johnson did for us as a special release. I knew nothing about and this thing was in the works for an entire year, and I would beg, let me know what the hell's going on and stuff. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It, it was weeks before the cigar came out, and the phone started ringing, and people started asking to buy it. I have no idea what I'm paying for. I don't know how many cigars are in a box. I had nothing to do with that, folks. As much as it was our brand, I was completely left in the, in the uh, way in the, in the back. Yeah, in, in the dark completely. And the cigar sold out in one day. Yeah, Three, as we say, it sold out less th- than a day. 333 boxes. I held on to 33 so I could keep things for a while and stuff. Let me hang on to the 33. Let's see how long the 300 sell. One day. Wow. He did it. He did it through social media. There was no ad. There was no uh, rating in Cigar Aficionado or anything. Nobody rated it. Nobody did anything. It was unbelievable. Wow. So I, I have to learn about that, what happens, because I'm, a, I'm an old-time um, retailer. It might be time to bring the M80 back. It might be. (laughs) might be. (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. Well, 2015, man, we're going to watch FDA and see what the hell we can get away with. But I got lots and lots of plans. Uh, One thing is we got to catch up a little bit, Chuck. We got to go. Social media. Social media. So let's do it. I think Barry's going to take the lead on this. Yeah, I'm actually pulling a audible and I got my own tweets. I'm not using the ones that Jonathan gave me. All right, so uh, let's look at social media brought to you by the cigar that was built on social media, Recluse Cigars. Here's the best tweets of the week. It's time for the social media segment brought to you by Recluse Cigars, the cigar that was built on social media. All Recluse Cigars go through eight fermentation cycles over a course of two full years to guarantee you balanced flavor. Try a Recluse Cigar today. And these are my tweets of the week. Here we go. I eat cake each and every day because somewhere out there, it's someone's birthday, and I want to show respect. There we go. Respect. True. True. The whole purpose of a vacation is to make you appreciate knowing where the cable channels are in your own home. Rumor has it that the Jewish State Cigar Safari will now include stops at various Miami gas stations. Oh. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. And the tweet of the week, the best tweet I heard all week is looked up from my phone at a party once, wasn't worth it. What? Looked up from my phone. You know how everybody's on their phone at a party? Looked up at a party. Nah, I'm going back to my phone. Okay, (laughs) all right. All right. Come on, they weren't as bad as Jonathan's. Yeah. There's a social media brought to you by Recluse Cigars, the cigar that was built on social media, and there's a company there. That's how they started off right at the beginning. They had absolute – nobody knew who they were. I happen to know who they were because I know the, the, the guy's father, but um, they came a long way just with that. So social media, listen, it's free advertising. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but you got to be a little sociable too. You guys have been blowing it up on social. I'm trying. Media. Barry's doing ninety percent of it. He's, he, he gets it. Um, no, I, I'd say you you do your fair share. Yeah, I try. Sometimes to. I look. I'm going on Facebook to post something. I'm like. Damn, Dave beat me too. It looks like I'm not doing my you had, job. You had the candy bars uh, posted. Yeah, yeah, it was Halloween. Yeah, and dude. I go to post about the Rocky Patel come, event coming up, and boom, it's already there. I'm like, <laughs> Dave. When I think about it, I do it. I try to do it twice a day. First thing in the morning, if you look at 7 o'clock and you go, why is this guy doing this at 7 o'clock? And then if I get a chance during uh, late in the day, I get caught up and say, okay, let me put something on there. But I don't know how it's supposed to go. Um, I see when I go to especially TAAs, uh, Tobacco Association uh, of America. We have a trade show every year where it's uh, like four days in some country, and uh, I go by myself. So uh, there's so much downtime, but I see um, Nick Perdomo's wife. She's on there banging it. She's the social media yeah, manager, more yeah. or huh? uh, Don Pepin's daughter. She's social media and her brain's out. Um, you know, watching these, these are really the people that do it. Like you think some, you know, movie stars and stuff. I think they have people that do it for them that they don't really do it. I know but, a lot of the athletes do. Yeah. yeah, oh yeah. They have somebody else do it. Isn't yeah. that interesting? Um, what do we got? All right. So we we got, do have a silent to get to as well. Just to keep that in mind. And all right. Barry, go. it's going to be your call. If you want to go with a canned one for Mr. Jonathan or. You know what? I'm going to accept his challenge. And <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to read one live. All right, let's do it. Right. Time for uh, to take a peek into the asylum uh, with crazy news from Asylum Cigars. They're coming to take me away, haha. They're coming to take me away, ho ho, hee hee, haha. To the funny farm where life is beautiful all the time, and I'll be happy to see those nice young men in their clean white coats, and they're coming to take me away. It's time for news from the Insane Asylum. Odd and sometimes historic news and stories, too insane to be true, but they are. Brought to you by Asylum Cigars, Take No Prisoners, truly flavorful medium-bodied cigars with sizes ranging from 4x44 to the absolutely insane 6x80. That's right, that's Asylum. Zeng Gan was found slumped over and unconscious in a private booth at the Wuhan University facility in the Hubei province of China, and staff noticed that he hadn't come out for over two hours. When the medics broke down the door, they discovered the 23-year-old lying on the floor and immediately tried to resuscitate him. Doctors ultimately pronounced him dead of a heart attack. This had been the fourth visit to the sperm bank in only 10 days. Gang's family attempted a lawsuit because his relatives felt the clinic was responsible for his death, according to the Daily Mail. They demanded to be paid $648,545 in compensation and claimed that the clinic had forced them to sign up. But a court has now ruled in favor that the demise was entirely his fault because he was capable of making his own decisions, including going to a masturbation factory. Oh, my God. <laughs> what a white, white weight. Mr. Jonathan can go four times during a half hour. Mr. Jonathan can go four times during <laughs> halftime. Oh I was giving him a little bit of a benefit yeah. of a doubt. But Mr. Jonathan can go four times during halftime, making every family football game very uncomfortable very for all uncomfortable. those involved. Yeah. I was going to say four times in a half hour makes us uncomfortable at work. Yeah. That's insane. <laughs> That's asylum. Brought to you by oh Asylum Cigars. Take no prisoners. 
truly flavorful medium-bodied cigars with sizes ranging from 4x44 to the insane 6x80. That's insane. That's Asylum. They're coming to take me not, away. not only does he get the impossible Chinese name, yes, yes. a very uncomfortable subject. Yes. Mr. Jonathan tried to trip you up there just so he can hang on to his job and gives you some impossible Chinese names. I'll stick to ordering the General So chicken, which I found out you guys pronounce differently up here. What is it? General So, T-S-O. General Gao. Yeah, Gao. see, it's actually, if you go to a translation thing on the Internet, it's actually pronounced General So. Well, they never get it wrong, I'll tell you that. Yeah, that's because <laughs> they know you guys speak funny up <laughs> yeah. here, so. TSO, guy. Well, guy. General Soul, they'll be like, what do you, what? <laughs> we don't have that. Wow. So, yeah, Mr. Jonathan is out doing something this week. Next week, uh, we are taping the show, um, so we'll all be here. Thursday night from 5 to 7 p.m. 5 to 7 p.m. this Thursday night. I say we try to get on a guest with uh, Google Hangouts Let's and do see it. how that works. Let's do it. Try to get a guest on yeah. on Thursday night. Yeah. Yeah. We can do that. We got We don't have a lot of show prep done, and uh, when we end up having to do that um, early, usually we do show prep on Thursday. Mm-hmm. It's going to be like we don't have enough stuff. I say for the second half hour we have Plan A, one from Column A, yeah, and uh, for a guest and one from Column B in case. How do you fail. feel, Chuck? Can yeah, we, can we no, pull it off? I feel great. You Honest feel- to God, yeah. I've been doing Google Hangouts um, just. Outside of the Cigar Authority. And uh, I'm loving it. So bringing on guests is, is all they need. We just have to confirm with them that they have a Gmail account or a G Plus account, essentially. And all right. from there, we'll give them a special link. They'll tap in, and then uh, we can control when to bring them on. And our audience will be able to see them on camera. You guys will be able to hear them. And even the recorded version, because we do the show live, and we have 20-something people that we can see. you got another 100 people that are in the background hiding because maybe they're manufacturers right. or whatever they are. We know you're there. Yeah, <laughs> we can test some things, and we look. that There's a lot of people here making believe like we don't know they're there, uh-huh. but we know you're there. I have three people in mind that we can discuss. Yeah. Fair. Okay. Oh, boy. Uh, so this Thursday, November 6th, it'll be after the election. Yeah. So we got a little election stuff. Clocks have changed. We'll be well rested because we're getting an extra hour on, uh, actually, tonight? Tonight? Yeah. Tonight. We get an extra. Oh, I can't wait. Instead of hitting the snooze 20 times, I'll only hit it 10 times. Yeah. <laughs> Fall back. Um, and that will be for the November 8th show. Um, when people will watch the recorded version of it, mm-hmm. will they see the guest and everything like yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. All right. When do you want to have that show aired? Is that going to That's be- for November 8th. Okay. So the 6th for the 8th. Yep. Uh, and we're going to smoke on that show the final two cigars from the Blind Taste Test. One of these two cigars is going to be the Blind Taste Test winner. There's only been two. It was five years ago we had a winner. It was ten years ago we had a winner. And we have a new winner. Every five years we, we plan on, planned on doing it. That was the idea of it. I think now we should be doing it yearly. Yearly? It's pretty yeah. cool. It's a long process. There are a lot of people who didn't jump on it that are hoping that we do it next year. Really? Yep. This thing, this whole thing started on August 16th when we put the uh, cigars on sale. It was $99. You saw that you got, um, what is it, 12 cigars? Uh, no, 14 cigars. cigars. 14. Eight were... There was eight different cigars. Eight contenders, if you will. Eight contenders. You ended up getting 14, so there was ones that were repeated. At that point, I don't know what they were. I knew what the original eight were. I don't know what we're down to, uh, but it's uh, it's been interesting. It seems like we have fuller-bodied cigars that were the last four, so uh, we'll see where that goes. Um, September 15th, um, 
is when the cigars went out. And here it is. It's going to go all the way till the November 8th where we'll smoke the finalists. And it's not till the 22nd that we'll get all the data collected. And uh, on that show with Steve Saka, which will be pretty interesting. I, I dug up a uh, letter I got from Steve Saka in the early 90s when he visited my store for the first time. As a customer? In, in East Boston, as a customer. And um, I, he asked for recommendations. So I gave him a Fonseca. I gave him a Padron Anniversary that was brand new, the Padron Anniversary, um, and a few other cigars. He wrote a letter back later in the week with a description and what he thought of each cigar. It was the first time he ever smoked a Padron Anniversario in his life. Wow. And it was a recommendation from there and stuff. And I just looked at the letter yesterday of looking through it. Cool. And, and he became a great customer. And then he, with pushes and pushes from me, uh, because he loved it so much, I go, Steve, you need to get in the business that you love. Every waking hour that you're not... Uh, on your regular job, this is what you're doing. You might as well get paid for it, and you'll never work another day in your life because this is what you love to do. Yeah. He retires from Drew Estates. That lasted about a week. He started thinking, that's everybody that gets out, you know, that they, they sell their company, whatever they do. After a very short time, it's in our blood at this point. It's a great, great business. Despite all the crap we go through, it's, it's a great business. I like soccer. He's a great guy. But between soccer, yourself, and Mr. Jonathan, I'm not going to be able to get a word in. Soccer can do the whole show he on his own. He can do the whole show. Yep. He can talk. Yeah, he can. Which is a good thing. Uh, and, and, you know, he could then. He was ahead of the, ahead of the pack. With, uh, he was ahead of Cigar Aficionado as far as um, – notes and, and tastes and things that he had. I had never heard it before. It was amazing. Um, so next week's show, November 6th, uh, Thursday night, that's when we'll tape it. Folks can listen live, right? Yep. Go to um, thecigarauthority.com. In fact, what we'll do after this show, well, Barry, for your sake, I'll give you the embed code right afterwards so we can set up the event. Okay, cool. Yep. Excellent. Yep. You know, when I was talking to Barry last week at the end, I said, what if we ever, you know, because we're making some changes of two guys where uh, Thursday nights we do, you know, we do that charity taste testing every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday night. Oh, you're doing it that frequently? Every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, yeah. Wow. And instead of eight people, we do it at 16 at a time, and it's really, really going good. It's teaching a lot of people the, 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 the right way to really enjoy cigars. It's going great. And uh, I said, maybe we'll move that on to Thursday nights because we're open Thursday nights. Thursday and Friday, we're open, um, and I, we can do it up here in the, in the uh, private room that's up here. And it won't be that I stay late every single night. I work seven days a week anyway. I'm, I'm maxing 80 hours a week, you know, and I'm like, geez. 31 years, you've only taken one vacation. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Where was that in the interview? I went to, uh, I went to, <laughs> I went to Jamaica with my girlfriend. We had too much to drink and we got married. True and story. I, yeah. <laughs> True story. <laughs> Um, the following week, November 15th, is the Rocky Patel Prohibition event. Um, we will have uh, Max Bickler up here and Jessica Tyen. Tyen. Um, she's a model. I wouldn't mind tying her up. Yeah, she's a model, and she's the now brand ambassador of a new cigar that will make its way out in a, uh, towards the end of the year called Prohibition. But we will have here at Two Guys Smoke Shop on that Saturday um, the official um, – World launch of it 30 days in advance. It won't be available anywhere else. That's but cool. That's um, cool. So it is cool. Uh, and there's two versions of that, just like we're having the two versions yep. of this. One's a broadleaf, and the other one is San Andreas. 
Okay. So they're both dark cigars. Both cigars. Uh, yeah. Dark cigars. Um, and the following week, we'll reveal the blind taste test with Steve Saka. That's on November 22nd. And then, believe it or not, the 29th, which is the day after Black Friday, we have Thanksgiving, Black Friday. Black Friday meaning when we go black, uh, retailers go black. Instead of being in the negative, as we have been all year, this is every retailer, we start making a profit. That's what Black Friday means, if you didn't know it. Um, the following day, um, which I think is now called sa- um, s- yeah. Saturday. Um, what do they call it? Uh, <sighs> There's a name for it. They just recently yeah. they started giving it a name. Yeah, it's something like going to your local store Saturday or something. I don't yeah. know what it's called. But anyway, Eric Hansen, who has small, business, small Saturday. business Saturday. Small business Saturday. There we yeah. go. There we go. Paul Beasley gets a bell. There Live studio audience. Um, we will have Eric Hansen, who has the reigning cigar of the year. With the Hammer and Sickle Icon. And what a cigar of the year that has been. Uh, it is blowing up in our stores. My God. That, that is. Talk about volume. Mm. That cigar sells. The Cigar Authority set to turn on that one. Wow. Because now it's getting rated in aficionado. Yeah, yeah. Who, is it really? A year yeah, later. Yeah, 90 ratings. So uh, we set the trend on that one. Good. Um, we're going to give away a snowblower. <laughs> yeah. Barry, that's what we give around here, yes. snowblowers, or known to Eric Hansen as the what? Russian NASCAR. <laughs> the Russian NASCAR, <laughs> the snowblower. Uh, so we'll give that away. We're also going to be etching the boxes uh, private for people. Yep. Well, so yeah. laser on hand. Laser, laser engraved boxes and stuff like that. So we'll look forward to that. Okay, this the show is flying along. Let's yeah. go to break. Let's do it. When we come back, we're going to take a peek into the mailbag. Barry has a report of new cigars hitting the shelf. Old Fat Freddy will be joining us in the aging room. And there's a gentleman in the house. His name is Gentleman Chuck Morrison. He will be getting debonair with us, as he always does. Stick around, everybody. We're live from two. Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire, and you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Retailers Radio Network. I'd like to file a missing persons report. I've lost my one true love. Uh, What does she look like? She is like no other. Her skin, dark, simply gorgeous. Not slender, but firm to the touch. Well, we'll do everything we can for you, sir. The night we met over a fine scotch, it was love at first sight. Details. I need details, sir. Well, she's about five and a half inches tall. You mean five feet tall? No, inches. Oh, she's a mid- a dwarf, uh, a little person. No, she's a cigar. Ah, right, sir. Is she a Fleur de Lorraine cigar? The cigar that men around the world are falling in love with? Yes. Oh, I've seen this before. Louie! Yeah? Uh, get him a Fleur de Lorraine cigar and a list of United Cigar retailers to carry it. Fleur de Lorraine cigars, simply gorgeous. Available only at appointed United Cigar retailers across the country. Fleur de Lorraine, stop missing out. Mr. Jonathan, a shadowed figure spinning tunes on records that do not exist. Mr. Jonathan, a young cigar smoker on a crusade to champion the oldies, top 40, and yes, even country, with a host of DJs that operate above the mix. Mr. Jonathan is my dance instructor. 
Mr. Jonathan is my DJ. Mr. Jonathan is me. Mr. Jonathan is my DJ.com, your one stop shop for everything DJ and sound production. Mr. Jonathan is my DJ.com. He reads the dictionary just for fun. He finds the minutiae of tax preparation enthralling. Years ago, at an open mic night, he was paid just to leave. He is the only man to win a staring contest with the Statue of Liberty. He is so uninteresting to women, he was forced to open a cigar shop to sell to men. He's not even a legend in his own mind. He finds himself boring. His family barely pays attention to him, and his mother refers to him as, Hey you, he is David Garofalo, the least interesting man in the cigar world. Not since Zeno Davidoff has a cigar retailer had a brand named after him. The man himself may be a bore, but the cigar isn't. Garofalo is a premium handmade luxury cigar using U.S. shade wrapper and a blend of Nicaraguan fillers and binder. Complex and very interesting. Garofalo may be the most interesting cigar in the world. It once won a longest ash contest without even being lit. You don't light a Garofalo, it lights you. Its flavor expands on your palate faster than the universe. It has been said that this cigar would be phenomenal as a Maduro, except it's perfect as it is. I always smoke cigars, and when I do, I prefer Garofalo. Keep smoking Garofalo, my friends. Hey, Jack, I finally found a cigar magazine that I like. Really? What's it called? Cigar Journal. What's so great about Cigar Journal? Is it really different from the other magazines? It is. Cigar Journal is all about cigars. None of the nonsense you see in other magazines. Really? Yeah, it has stories, reviews, and the latest news about premium cigars. Is it a little newsletter? No, I think you'll be very impressed. Cigar Journal has beautiful images, a thick cover, and is strictly for the cigar enthusiast. They cover cigars in the U.S. and around the world and is printed right here in the USA. That sounds interesting. Where can I buy it? Cigar Journal is available at local cigar retailers and on the web at www www.cigarjournal.co That's cigarjournal.co I'll sign up today. Hi, this is Nick Perdomo. Hi, this is Nicholas Perdomo Jr. Perdomo Cigars, and you're listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Retailers Radio Network. That's Nick and Nicholas Trey, because Nick is the Nick Jr. The father was Nick also. There's three Nicks. Interesting. Three Nicks. So we're gonna, we're gonna. I think he's uh, gonna begin um, after the summertime. He's gonna begin his last year in college, and then you're gonna see Nicholas Perdomo really come out. I Look think forward to it. I think they're gonna do a lot. We had Lito Gomez come visit us this week, and I know his son is playing a big part, big role in uh, Florida Dominicana. Yeah, he's down at the factory full time now, I yep. believe. Yeah. So, so the, the next generation is about to happen in the cigar industry. Hopefully. We're keeping our hands crossed. While we had uh, Lido in here, it was a political discussion. It was, and that, it was a very enlightening discussion yeah. as well. But um, this great, is a great guy. Uh, yeah, he is. He is. And uh, they got some great cigars out there. And uh, we may have a great cigar coming out in the future from them, too. Uh, everything's a little up in the air right now. But oh. lots of things going on. Jonathan pushed him on uh, trying to get him uh, to support the Cigar Authority and be part of it. 
Um, they should be because they we believe in the same stuff. Yeah. So if they're listening, uh, think about it. Think about it. We're not pushing you, but think about it. Um, okay, it is uh, time to get to some uh, bad news with Barry. What do we have for news happening in the cigar world, Barry? All right, this week in uh, Tasmania, the island state that's part of the Commonwealth of Australia, has proposed a new law that will make it illegal for anyone born after 2000 to purchase tobacco. The propos- what? The pro- <laughs> Come on. The proposal has the backing of a Northeastern University law professor in Massachusetts who is saying passing the law will make it easier to enact change in the USA. To this professor, I say, if you don't like our laws, get out of my country and move to Australia. Yeah. Really? Absolutely. Bob Moreno, the former v- vice president of sales at E.P. Carrillo, has accepted a similar position at La Polina Cigars. Prior to E.P. Carrillo, Bob Moreno worked for Zycar, who was also subject to rumors with E.P. Carrillo to be selling out, possibly, to General Cigars. So is that why he's leaving, or he didn't Maybe say Maybe the that? lighting's on the wall. The he didn't say anything. Oh. You, never, you never know. Listen, you saw it with Drew Estates. You yeah. saw Steve Saka leave, and after Steve Saka, you saw the Nick. Nick the blender. Yep. Yeah. Uh, he left, and then you saw it. Ha- you know, they, they don't want to stay. They hear the rumblings happening, and they head for the hills. Mm-hmm. Maybe, again, we don't know this, but... Uh, it you supports know. your theory. Supports the theory. That's all I'm saying. And yeah. lastly, why we don't condone smoking bans of any sort, the Cigar Authority will tip their hats to Branson, Missouri, who reached a compromise between smokers and non-smokers. The same, however, can't be said about the mayor of Wilmington, Delaware, who issued an executive order this week enacting a smoking ban despite the city council voting down such a measure. Yeah, so the people voted against it, and he still goes forward. Now, I want to remind you folks that this Tuesday is election day. You have to make them pay for what they have done. Okay? If you don't... And I know you're only one vote. It's not going to change. You got one vote. It's like me when I'm on these board of director meetings and stuff. You got one vote. At least make your vote. Stand for what you believe in. Go forward. Stand for what you believe in. That's it. Hey, if a Democrat wins and you're a Republican, the closer you make the race, the more the Democrat has to be understanding of how close the race was and and vice versa. If you're a Democrat and a Republican gets in, let him know that you care about the issues at hand. Absolutely. And, and vote for the, for the person anyway. Uh, you know, I'm not 100% on party lines. I, I don't agree with anybody 100%, but it's going to be a, an important, as we see, say each time it's an important election. It's very, very important. I know it's a mid-year election and stuff, but it's an election nevertheless. Yeah. Uh, sh- make a statement, please. So that's it for uh, bad news. Yep. Uh, I want to remind you also, not only is uh, this Tuesday the day you're going to go out and vote, please do. Uh, don't forget that tonight we change the clocks. We fall back. We get an extra hour's sleep. So change your clocks so you don't show up an hour early for work if you are working on Sunday. That is all. So um, uh, it's time for the mailbag. The mailbag. What do we got some mail? Yeah, we got some mail. <coughs> Congratulations, Skippy. You've got mail. This letter. There we go. Now it feels official. You've got mail. There's a letter in your mailbox. So we had uh, two mail bags this week that were of note among the many that came in. Yep. And one of them was that uh, we had a lot of theories on last week's show yes, we on acquisitions and changes in the cigar industry. Please provide your sources signed 
one of the principals mentioned. I saw what? that. Yes. And that was all the information and uh, <laughs> with, a, with a Gmail account that I could not find. Yep. Um, please provide your sources of the of the the stuff we were throwing out last week. Listen, it was a theory, and there was no truth to it. And I said it at least six times, right? Yeah. That the information I provided was just a theory based on moves that were happening. This guy ends up moving out of the company. This guy moves out of the company. And then a whole bunch of people swishes so show up at, at Drew Estates. Do I know for a fact that that's what was happening? No. But the hypothesis is that they are buying you. They're not visiting, right? And, it's a, and, it, and the sellout happens. This is business. These people make their moves because of the business that happens. So, uh, you know, we, we shared some of that with uh, Lido. Yeah. Yeah. And... Um, Based on some information I heard, I'm moving some parts around a little bit. Yep. Maybe Lido makes a move inside there. Maybe not. I don't know. But I've added and moved a couple people around based on that. But so they're you, still players. You could say your sources are facts. They're not facts. No, I don't want to say that because... Uh, Even we, if we did have a few sources, we have to protect them. We protect them. As journalists. Anyway. Yeah. And I'll use that term loosely. Yeah. We Listen, have to protect things, our things are happening in this industry. Uh, for good or bad, things are happening. There's acquisitions that are happening. People are looking at people, period. That is a fact. Whether, uh, whether they do it or not, who knows? The second mail item of note was a great interview with Pete Johnson the other day. What was that song that you came out of break Pete playing? It seemed to trip him up a bit. Something was going on when he heard it. Yeah, we came out of break, and you, and you played a bumper at the, at the beginning. Yeah, I kind of feel bad saying this, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I had found out at one point that he was part of a band uh, prior to getting in the cigar industry, and I found out there were two CDs. I mentioned the name of the band in and, there a little bit. Yeah, and, and I just begged, <laughs> and I pleaded for the CDs, and finally he sent them to me when I had moved to oh, Miami. Oh, really? Okay. And I had both CDs, and they're somewhere in my boxes that I haven't unpacked yet. Uh, but it was uh, Goody Two Shoes by Adamant, as covered by Pete's band, Hung Jury. Hung Jury. And if you said, I said, new cigar coming out called Hung Jury, no. And he just skipped over he that. He skipped over it. <laughs> yes, but yeah. but was, we won't. Yes, but he was the bass player for the band, um, Hung Jury. Yeah, they were pretty good, too. I knew the song, Hung Jury. Yeah. What and else you got? That's it. Those are the two. All right. So that's the mailbag. All right, Chuck, you ready? While you're enjoying life till it's full, it's important to be Debonair, gentlemanlike, and how to be more debonair and more gentlemanlike is Mr. Chuck Morrison. You need a gentleman. Gentleman. I'm a gentleman. You need a gentleman. <laughs> you wouldn't want to call me gentleman. Ladies, fasten your seatbelts. Switch on your electronic devices. Gentlemen. I feel like I should be wearing a tuxedo for this one, guys. Breaking out the book. All right? Let me get that on camera for our for our listeners there. Ah. Boom. This is The Gentleman's Way. It's brought to you by Debonair Cigars and Rum. Debonair Cigars provide its clients with suspension of reality. That was suspension. That <laughs> was, was the pause. I got you. Time spent smoking a debonair can never be subtracted from one's life. Today, gentlemen, we're going to be discussing the correct, the gentleman way, if you will, to light your cigar. Now, this comes directly from the book, The Pleasures of Cigar Smoking by G.B. Back. 
And this was published in 1971. So we're going back a little bit in time here. Yes, we are. So there's two methods, guys. All right, check this out. Let's see how we, it's changed. We have the common method, which is the flame being held slightly beneath but not touching the butt end of the cigar, the correct. foot, correct? The foot, yes. Uh, drawing evenly on the cigar as it ignites and rotating it slowly in a clockwise motion typically, right? As the flame barely touches, Dave, you taught us this, the, yep. end, of the, uh, the end of the cigar. Yep. Um, when it appears to be lit, remove it from your mouth. Give it a gentle blow, and you should have a nice, solid, lit cigar. Even draw, even lit, because you, you rotate it. That's right. Absolutely. So what they suggest, and this goes to being a patient gentleman who enjoys the finer things in life, to really maximize the enjoyment of your cigar, begin with three wooden matches. And they specifically say two may do, but three is usually required. What you do is you strike the first one, hold... The tuck, that's the lighting end of the cigar, between the thumb and forefinger, just above the tip of the flame, the point at which the greatest heat is generated. Yeah. You roll the cigar back and forth between your fingers, evenly singeing the exposed filler ends. Repeat the same procedure with the second and, if necessary, third match. Separately. Separately. And it says this uh, gently drives the water from the tobacco and rises it to the combustion point. It says all cigars contain some level of moisture. 70%. Exactly, which kind of renders them fire-resistant to some degree. Um, after some seconds of the slow heating and turning, a gush of bluish flame will shoot from the foot of the cigar. The moisture has been driven out, and the natural tobacco oils are now at ignition temperature. The cigar will be evenly lit and burning at a comfortable low temperature. Note the cigar has thus lit itself. At no time has it been in the mouth. We have to try this out. That's actually the way my grandfather used to light a cigar. He would not put the cigar in his mouth. It lights itself, essentially. Yeah. I mean, it's changed so much now because we have butane lighters. But I'm going to disagree from 1970. 71, right. Right, to now. And here we're talking 40 years ago, 43 years ago. They didn't have the... uh, uh, Vertigo the, lighter. Right. They didn't have the champ, champ. first off. The champ. Which is the jet flame lighter brought, changed everything. There's a reason why it's named the champ. It has defeated the wooden match. Ah. Now, the wooden match problem is sulfur. Yeah. And the taste of sulfur is awful. And when you draw in to that cigar or when you add the, the smell of sulfur. You definitely get it. It's a sponge. And you can taste it. And once you draw into that cigar, that smell, it goes through the whole cigar. Now, there are sulfur-free matches. They're very, very expensive. You could use the wooden match to light a piece of that cedar that's inside a box of cigars and use that as a match. And there you've got a match that's sulfur-free because it's a piece of wood-burning, although cedar. And then the cedar will get drawn into that also. A lot of worse. Ever (laughs) since a, a lighter like this has come out, this is the way to go. It's tasteless butane, and you can see how far away you can light, light it with. Again, this is 1970, and I think we yeah. came a long way, baby. Yeah. You know, it's... And even, like, some of the things it was talking about, like how to cut a cigar. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. The cutters we have nowadays. Right. I mean, yeah. You're not pinching it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Because they use double blades, so it doesn't pinch to one side and everything. So we came a long way. I wasn't in the business till 85. Say 1980, I started smoking cigars. Uh, what a difference. I mean, everything is so much better. Folks, that um, the, the old guys out there listening to the show, you know, because you live through it, that we have the best cigars in the world right now. They taste better. Everything works better. The lighters, the cutters, everything is much better than it was before. Um, 
and those that tried cigars maybe in the during the cigar boom, that was probably the worst time. Cigars were at their worst when the most people were smoking. They couldn't keep up with it. Uh, but they did come out with these gadgets. The good news came is during the cigar boom, the jet flame lighter came out and changed it. So it's no better. The That's originator cool. of the debonair segment is the Cigar Authority. Not going to say that somebody decided to copy us this week. Well, no, I guess I no, just did no. say it. But we are the original, often imitated, never duplicated. There we go. So Debonair, baby. Yeah. Are you debonair enough? I would say the Cigar Authority every time. There we go. The Cigar Authority. So um, what else do we have? Um, new cigars hitting the shelf. Yeah, new we cigars. Had, we had uh, four cigars, three brands this week. Uh, the first is the cigar that we are smoking today, the Mason Dixon Project from Crown Heads. Shops in the north got the Connecticut Broadleaf over Nicaraguan binder and filler. Why the south got the same binder and filler combination over in Ecuadorian Connecticut. So it's actually the same exact filler and binder. It might have been tweaked differently, yeah. but they're both listed as Nicaragua, right. so we'll go with they, that. They certainly taste different to me. Limited edition, available at Two Guys Smoke Shop in both editions, as well as TwoGuysCigars.com. Did, did everybody get these? Is, is this anybody who wanted to buy this? This was available to everybody, or did they handpick the, the region was available to everybody, but yeah. rumor has it that it's already sold out. Wow. For them. Right, yeah, for the, okay. for the manufacturer, and uh, all boxes available were sold to retailers. So, again, limited releases, and if you love it, and I, I want to order more of these, I can't. Yeah. Is this good business? But. We'll move on. While not a new release, uh, the Padron 50 years has been slow to trickle out of the factory in Nicaragua to the warehouse in Miami. Yeah, this is the regular 50. They have finally made it back into all Two Guys locations as well as TwoGuysCigars.com. And lastly, 25 years ago on November 7th, the Berlin Wall came down. And to celebrate this historic moment, Hammer and Sickle Cigars is releasing the Berlin Wall Celebration Short Corona. Only 5,000 cigars exist, and they've been aged for five years. And Two Guys is one of the stores that will get those things. Yeah, and I had a sample of it. It was awesome. It was great. Uh, short Corona. This it was 46 ring? It was four, four, by set, four and three quarters by 46 ring. 46 ring. Boy, when you smoke a 46 ring after smoking 50, 52s, 54s, 60s, 70s. or whatever, you end up smoking that. And wow, the flavor that happens on that cigar. Age five years. Uh, the amazing thing, $5. Wow. This is a $5 cigar. So it's going to come out on when? November? Uh, we actually took delivery them on, on, on Friday. Okay, because we're so close. Yes. Drove them over. <laughs> so we have them in Salem. We have them in Nashua and Seabrook. We'll be getting them this week. Okay. Um, and uh, you'll see displays set up. Uh, fall of the Wall, 25 years ago this week, the Fall of the Wall. Uh, Remember when uh, it was um, Ronald Reagan? Take that wall Mr. down. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down that wall. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were going to say, remember when we had a piece of the wall out front? Yes, here? we did. We did. I got a little piece. They gave me a little chunk. Awesome. Yeah. So it was, it was great. Uh, all right. Next week uh, is the tape show, Thursday, November 6th. A reminder again, that's for you, Rudy. Um, <laughs> Thursday, November 6th at 5 o'clock Eastern Time. Uh, if you want to watch this mess live, uh, you can on Thursday. And uh, we're going to try uh, interviewing somebody uh, using this thing. And if you want to see the mess happen live, you can. <laughs> Everybody likes a good train wreck. There we go. That's why NASCAR is so popular. All right, it's time to go into the aging room, Chuck, if you're ready. You it's got it, buddy. To, it's time to go in the aging room with Old Fat Freddy. It's time to step into the aging room 
Sometimes, aging makes a great cigar even better, just like aging room cigars. They're made in small batches from rare and limited 100% Dominican tobaccos. And here in our aging room is Old Fart Freddy. Nowadays, there are options to keep a girl from getting pregnant. Condoms, the pill, even a pill for the morning after she realizes she forgot the first pill. In my day, her daddy could keep his little girl safe with a set of cast iron panties and two words. Shotgun. He had to be a man. Nowadays, people are searching the internets for something called a one-night stand. I don't know what that is, but it doesn't sound right. In my day, we had tree stands, farm stands, and lemonade stands, but they all happened during the day and were out in the open because we were men. Nowadays, everyone seems to be trying to outdo each other with all kinds of kinky stuff. Can you believe that people are actually using spanking to spice things up in the bedroom? From leather to ping pong paddles, nothing seems to be off limits. It's just plain wrong. In my day, spanking was reserved strictly for punishing your kids when they acted up and for keeping your pet monkey in line. After all, we were raising men. We were chastity lock-picking, lemonade-drinking, monkey-spanking men. Sometimes, <laughs> aging makes a great cigar even better. Just like aging room cigars. Made in small batches from rare and limited 100% Dominican tobacco. Try aging room cigars from Boutique Blends. Some things are better aged... Some are not. Save a horse, ride an old fart, preferably one whose name is Freddy. <laughs> <laughs> my God. Oh, my God. Uh. And, 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 and cue my mother walking into the store at that moment, you know? <laughs> wow. I don't know. Old Fart Freddy. Could we ever do Old Fart Freddy live? Oh, God. Probably not. No? <laughs> no. No, we need to send. Well, sensor button. Yeah, I've seen him recording them. Probably not. Yeah, I think I started. So I decided to light up the South Edition in one hand and the North Edition in the other hand because I still have some left of both, uh, just to see what the difference is. Where you said that um, you think that the blends are pretty much the same, um, but the wrapper has changed. As I said, as the cigar started getting low, it's very, very good. Yeah. The South Edition. Um, it didn't start off as well as it's ending, uh, where the North Edition, I think, started great from the very beginning mm -hmm. all the way down right. with lots of, lots of uh, different flavors. Well, different. Don't forget the majority of the flavor comes off of the wrapper. Mm. So I'm, personally, I'm not the biggest fan of Ecuadorian Connecticut, and it's gotten me in trouble with yeah. a manufacturer. Um, in one of my reviews, yeah, um, but I just happen to love the flavor off of the Connecticut Broadleaf, the Northern Edition, and those who say the South will rise again uh -uh, ain't happening with this cigar. Yeah, it's the North. It's definitely the, the North. north. I, agree. I, I, I agree. There's a bitter note to the uh, South Edition, which where, is the Connecticut, which is the Connecticut um, bitterness, and I smoked it kind of dry as, as I could. That's an important factor to do when you're smoking a um, uh, shade grown. It gets bitter if it gets too wet. The um, broadleaf one, oh my God, it's great. The bad news is, get them now yeah. or never. That's the bad I news. I hate that. They have these awesome cigars that are just. Hey, you can try both. Two one guys, and done. TwoGuysCigars.com has an eight pack, four of each available with reduced shipping. Um, so be sure to check that yeah, out. Yeah, tr try it and, and go to it yourself. As I said, we, we continue this blind taste test, and I'm just in the groove of seeing which do I like better, um, and my vote goes to the north. Yeah. Well, I they're two totally different cigars. <coughs> totally different.
totally different. The North reigns supreme. The North will rise again. <coughs> again. The South will not. That's what I think anyway, but I wonder if the, the people down South or something are feeling quite the opposite. I know Brian Hewitt down in the South, he loves the Southern editions. So. Really? Yep. All right. So, hey, this is good marketing. If you get a little thing going on, you yeah, know, you get a great conversation. Right. So it does. So that's the wrap up of um, the Mason Dixon project. Uh, good job and, and a lot of fun. Thank you guys for creating such a such a cigar. Next week we'll be taping Thursday, November 6th at 5 p.m. Uh, and we'll smoke the finalists of the blind taste test. 13 versus 14. This is it. Listeners, get your votes in before it's all over. 13 versus, versus 14. Um, we may or may not have somebody to interview on that show, uh, but remember, folks, this show and every show of the Cigar Authority is free, so don't be asking for your money back. Uh, for Mr. Jonathan, who is away, he'll be back with us. Chuck Morrison, I'm David Garofalo. Don't forget, fall back, change your clocks. You've been listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Retailers Radio Network. Can I have your attention for a second? I want to tell you about a fellow named Dave and the fact I have been buying my cigars from him since 1985 when they first opened up. Two Guys Smoke Shop. Now, Two Guys Smoke Shop have three convenient locations right over the Massachusetts border in tax-free New Hampshire. Now, here's something I bet you didn't know. Two Guys Smoke Shop is America's largest cigar shop and has the largest inventory of cigars anywhere. Wait till you see this place. You're not going to believe it, all right? Now, if you like cigars, you can't find a better place to buy them than at Two Guys Smoke Shop. They're in Salem, New Hampshire, Seabrook, New Hampshire, and their new location in tax-free Nashua, New Hampshire. It is worth the ride. You can call 888-2-CIGAR-2. That's 888-2-CIGAR-2 or on the web at twoguyssmokeshop.com. The best place to buy cigars anywhere is Two Guys Smoke Shop. It's Stogie Heaven. With a million choices.